Hello and welcome back to the Rogue Retro Smackdown review here on the Rogue Opinions Podcast feed. Hello. <laughs> yes, Paul is back for another week. He he passed his test on the on the previous week. He put up with a week of head finishes. Got my provisional. Yeah. <laughs> but just know, it's like the last podcast host that I had. You can quite easily disappear from this show as quickly as he did. I'll be good. <laughs> Uh, well, you've provided me a side of this week, so that is good. Yes, and, see? And there's still run-down vestiges of what once was the Smackdown Hotel, but we're, we're getting a cleaning crew in. We found a cleaner, he's a bit weird. He's obsessed. I am not weird. Not you. <laughs> the other guy. The other guy who's cured clean-up. I'm perfectly normal. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, you're, fin- you're back for the second week. Uh... How was it? I was watching this week's episode different from from last week's episode. It was fun, purely fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. It was. It was purely fun. It was better than last week's episode. There wasn't as many false finishes as last week. There were still many false finishes, and you know, having to put up with Trish Stratus, which was another thing. Mm-hmm. She's a pain in the fucking ass. Excuse my language. Uh you know. Cool to see TNA, I always liked them. Yeah. They would have been so much better without Stratus in their way. But there you go. Because if, if they were properly pushed, they would have been a fantastic tag team. They were very powerful, very fast. Just fair. neither one of them really had any personality. Well, I think that's why they were put with Trish Stratus, mainly because, like, you see, testing. She up. had no personality either. She just had tits. For women wrestlers in the WEF, as far as they were concerned, that was personality enough. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of artificial personality, if you ask me. But to be fair to like, TNA, like, in 2000 or 2000, for he and Teth and Albert come out just under their own, don't get much of a reaction. I mean, they might not be the reaction that they were hoping for, but they get a reaction when Trish comes out with them, because I always laugh when I see TNA's Titantron at the time, and that, and this, and, and like, the cor- the top left of the top, uh, yeah. the top left of the bottom right corner, you see a thing of Test or Albert banning somebody, and then the rest of the screen's just trish. Like they're under no illusions as to who TNA is actually about. But to be fair to them, as they had on this week's one, and they're going to the next couple months, they're about to have some really class matches, especially with the. Oh Harley, yeah, so yeah. We, I mean, I, the match itself what they had was actually not bad until all the fucking shenanigans. Shenanigans yeah. in the year two thousand. I never. Oh oh. The year 2000, WWF actually having a, an episode with nothing but, you know, wrestling and clean matches. Boring. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we needed all that fucking silliness. I do that, think... that made me skip certain parts because I was starting to lose the will to live watching it. I mean, the bits you skipped that you told me you skipped, you didn't really miss anything anymore. I know. As we go through. I know. I skipped most of the entrances too to kill time. I think I should start doing that, to be honest with you, because I'm starting to get sick of certain theme songs. Yeah. I completely skipped the entrances of Eddie Guerrero. I, I didn't want to hear nothing of him. And I, I must say, I really did enjoy watching the boss man beat the living piss out of him. That was great. Yeah. Even though I think that match sucked. <laughs> I thought that was a good match. It was, it was boss man beating the piss out of a guy I have absolutely no respect for, so it was great. Okay. It's good, uh- I know, like, I wouldn't want you to, you know, shy away from your opinions because we are rogue opinions and everything. But, you know, just explain briefly. I think you may have explained it already, but just briefly. I know you're not as big a fan of Manacita Eddie Guerrero as later Eddie Guerrero, but even then, 
Eddie Guerrero was not one of your favourites as no, maybe with other people. And he was not. I mean, I know a lot of people have a lot of praise for Eddie Guerrero and his in-ring work you can't question and all that, but generally I just thought his whole character basis was a whole lot of cack. Because it was either Mamacita or Viva La Raza or, yeah, any any other storied stereotype or boring crap. I think he actually... A lot of people don't know in the mid 2000s, he was actually very outspoken about his WWE character being stereotypical and how, like when he and Chavo were first put together with those yeah. girls, he wasn't comfortable with doing that ever. Yeah. See, even when when the guy himself is not comfortable with the stupid crap we're putting him with, then why continue with it? I mean, he was he was a relative, once he came back from the first time he mm. was away, he was a relatively high level guy, you yeah. know what I mean? He should have had some sway to be able to put some fucking shit into that. Well, I think it was mainly getting to team with Chavo, and then he got to work with people that he, he respected. Because, like, yeah, he, worked, he worked a lot with Benoit and, and Angle, Angle and, and Brock. Yeah, Ian Ray also were good friends. I think, honestly, part of the reason he looked so good is because I think he cleaned. He was clearly on certain things to enhance his size, but in terms of, like, rich creational stuff he was on, yeah, he'd severely like, cleaned up the time him. he was away. Yeah. But the thing is, right, I. I I suppose I should be more clear with my viewpoint. I have absolutely no, mm-hmm. nothing but praise for the guys in ring work. Mm-hmm. The guys in ring work was stellar, you know. It was it was fantastic in ring, mm-hmm. and you know I always praise a guy's in ring ability. That is yeah. something I have a fuckload of respect for. I just, I never got him. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. happened, and, I, and I'm like that way with certain people as well. And I just never, I never got the whole. It was, it was like, God damn it, Dean Malenko could have been Eddie Guerrero with a better personality. Yeah, I know. Just that was a thing with the radicals. Like three of them, all four of them, great wrestlers. One, only one of them brought enough personality with them, and that was Eddie. Yeah, and it, unfortunately, in my opinion was the wrong personality. <laughs> I, I can't stand all that stereotypical yeah. crap. Because every time I seen him, it just grated on me. And that, that whole thing beforehand, that mamacita shit. Yeah. Oh, to quote the great Eddie from Bottom, <laughs> the choice between watching all that mamacita shit, I would rather have cut off my penis with a rusty bread knife. <laughs> because... China was an idiot in that regard. He was an idiot in that regard. The WWF at that time period was mostly idiots with stupid personalities. And the thing was, most of these people who were portrayed as idiot stereotypes or stupid characters Mm. were fantastic wrestlers. We did not need that bullshit to put them over. That was the thing, this is an era of, like, you must have a character. Yeah, you even, mu- even if the character doesn't sit your... You must be an OTT wank biscuit to get over, you know what I mean? God, no. Yeah. That's, that's why I preferred people like the Boss Man mm-hmm. and TNA and, you know, I mean, even, had- even Hardcore Holly and Malenko because they didn't need some stupid-ass fucking gimmick just to be a wrestler. Boss Man had a very bad personality. He was absolute nut but- I mean, he's an absolute nut bar, because like, I've, I've covered his feed with uh, the big show on this show. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus, that man was just... He was basically like, you know, as Waylon Smithers once said, he crossed the line from everyday villainy to cartoonish supervillainy. It, w- it would have been super awesome to see him take the strap off that dickhead. That would have been cool. Yeah. They referenced during the... I'm, I'm not jumping ahead, but they referenced the fact that Eddie beat China in a King of the Ring match on Raw and then made up for it by buying her a dog. And then... Uh, 
Daryl Lawler jokes, well, the boss man's out here just as well they didn't bring the dog with them, which was a reference to the Astro yeah. feud from the previous year, which is a weird bit of continuity I was not expecting from 2007. I, I enjoyed the continuity, I will say I enjoyed the continuity, but the WWF in this time period really did great on my fucking nerves, so yeah. it did. Because, uh, see, with, with WWF, when I was still tuned in, mm-hmm. before that, like, you know, the, the earlier era, the, the early days of Raw's War, when, when mm-hmm. Sean was still there and DX was still the trio, well, yeah. with four if you can't, the ravishing one, mm-hmm. you know. And most people nowadays, right, most people when they think DX, they don't even consider original DX. All they think of is a freaking DX army. And I'll tell you something, DX, once it was the DX Army, was fuck all compared to when it was just DX. See, DX, like original one, even Rick Rude still doesn't get remembered because I think he's, he joins in September, he's gone by November because like he he left a week after the, the screw job yeah. and everything. So like he's he was barely there. Like even like it wasn't until like a few weeks before he left the DX first called themselves DX, so he was basically uh a DX member from before they were called DX. Yeah, I know. So. He was an original. Mm. The original. China when she still looked like China. You know? The ravishing one. Little bitch Hunter and fucking little childish Sean, you know? That was DX to me. Mm-hmm. Fighting against the boring ass Heart Foundation. You know? Stone Cold in his prime. Owen in his prime. You know? Like, the good era. When matches actually, you know, went to a finish. Oh, there was a fair bit of bollocks finishes in, in like yeah, the, the year before this because he had Vinnie Russo and his ways fucking. Well, fucking I'm, shit. I'm not talking '99. I'm talking the era between sort of '96 to '98. Oh, there was a fair bit of fuck finishes in '98 as well. Ah, I know that, but we were still better than the trash that we're getting at the moment. So aren't you happy you've agreed to sign on at this point of the Hell show? Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm I'm opinionated and grumpy. Well, no, what makes you a perfect wrestling fan for the podcast, doesn't it? I. I am very salty when it comes to this era because I have very I have a lot to say that is not all too positive. Well, there we go. And the reason I had to get that because, like I say, you never know when it's someone's first uh, you know episode on this kind of thing. Yeah. So you know, I'm not trying to say you know, how dare you not like any girl because I'm not saying that. I mean, I have fonder memories of Eddie because just judging on when I first saw him, everything. But even then, when it was still fairly on to me seeing him, he sadly passed away. So then I, all, everything I've seen of Eddie is in, in retrospect. Yeah, I always thought that the guy, I will say the one positive thing I will say about Eddie, apart from that, I thought he was fantastic, like, as a wrestler, he was great in ring. That man had some fucking gusto. Mm. You know, because you say, he has his personal issues, mm-hmm. he loses his job, he comes back, makes everything better, wins a title. Uh-huh. And when he had that Judgment Day 04 match with JBL... Uh. At the end of that match, I thought, my God, this guy's got some fucking heavy cojones, man, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that man bled like a fucking river in right. that ring. And even though he was probably ready to pass out, he still stood there and he still fucking mm. celebrated at the end of that match. Because you know, like, the kind of wrestlers, because, like, he takes that, that chair and everything. We'll get to the actual episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, if you didn't realise, we also do a podcast which has the word rambling in the title, so you shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, we ramble. Well, he takes the chair shot, right? but then he does everything else that he clearly knows was planned. Like anybody else, they would have basically went, let's scramble to some sort of finishing. No, Eddie but went. After and... this, he had to take another. 
Like he took the steel step again on Pretend. He yeah. took HABL's finisher later on and then still managed to find the energy to kick out of it, so Yeah. That's Eddie for you all. He was he was nothing if not a fucking trooper. I I actually had I think taped off Sky Sports, uh, that that pay per view where he won the title as well. What, what no way well, out? Yeah. It's a very no odd, way out oh, four. four. It's a very odd pay per view when you look at the rest of the fucking card too. Was that a cage match? No. Did no, he no. won that title one? No. No? You would have read, I think you would fight to get it back in a cage match after he lost to HBL and then sort of smackdown. And I believe like the following years no I had a cage match main event, so yeah. that's very confusing. But yeah. But no, I think I think it always just annoyed me more so. I always thought we we could have treated the man with a bit more fucking respect in regards to character work, man. Well, that's understandable, yeah. And um, yeah. I get I get so I get so pissy about the dub in this yeah. era because I think you know, it's it's either it was either ridiculous uh-huh. or incredibly goddamn childish. Would you would you feel better for this version, Eddie, if I told you you probably only had to put up with it until September? Oh yeah, because we're in June, end of June now, in, time, in the timeline of it. Oh, is this round about the time when he loses his job the first time? Well, no, you know, like he and China will not be a, an item and for much longer. Oh, so good. Until like sometime in the fall, Eddie will go through another. Well, I, don't, I haven't seen any change account, but I know that the two do not become an item. Okay, fantastic, Glenn. <laughs> anyway, then China goes off to do her own thing with RTC and all that stuff. Bloody, I will tell you it was fantastic, but I did enjoy that episode though. Huh. The King. Oh yeah. <laughs> like the King. I like the King. Didn't like the end of that match. No. I wouldn't have liked to have been in the position he was in at the end of that match, that was nasty. But then again, you're not an old pervert like Terry Lawler. <sighs> yeah. But uh, there's every chance I would have thrown up on her. Yeah. Again, you and Terry Lawler are very different people. Yeah, I don't think we like. I don't think we we. I don't think we travel in the same lane. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> uh, I was going to make a joke about Jerry Lawler there, but you know what? I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> I'm sure I've made similar jokes about him in the past, maybe. You just got to. You just got to steer steer clear of the controversy. Yes, Would a you, wise decision. Stay away from that particular area. <laughs> well, sadly, he didn't do it in '93. <laughs> Will you stop? Will you stop? See, that was a cleaner version of the joke I wanted to make. Did I just do a gorilla reference? Yes, you did. I thought you did. I feel really good about that. I often thought I would be the gorilla to the your Bobby Heenan in our relationship, so I'm weird to think of you doing the the gorilla. I am not the weasel. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm the one telling you to to be serious. (laughs) So, actually getting into the the episode, I don't have much else to talk about from the the police guys coming by. It's coming for me after that joke. What the hell have you done? No, I'm sorry I made the joke about Derry Lawler. But uh, Gladiator is still the number one film in the UK. I haven't checked the music because sweet, again... Sweet, Because Gladiator is a cool-ass movie, man. Have I you believe, seen Gladiator? I have not. Don't don't give me that. I give you that sad puppy dog face. Like, why? <laughs> the most I've seen of Gladiator is that time every parry did it and lead up to WrestleMania 21 with Austin doing the yeah. Gladiator speech. No, you need to see it because that tell you at the end of it, you'll you'll be sitting there. You know how sometimes when you watch a film uh-huh. and there's a total fucking bobag in it. Aye. You know, a fucking sack. At the end of the film, you'll be you'll be doing the same motions as Russell Crowe, mm. man, because that Joaquin Phoenix utter bell end in that movie. Utter bellend. Yeah. He get he gets his love. Tell you. I uh, I didn't look at the music 
the top song because music is not my forte so I could say oh so-and-so's got a song I don't know them so I can't tell you if that's a good thing we did we did get that fantastic advert for the <laughs> tobacco is wacko again <laughs> yes, yes if you're did. a teen uh, look, I am I am not a teen so I'm okay I got some weird there were some weird adverts two weeks ago which I'm sad they've stopped showing because I wanted to see some of those weird advertisers they choose to have despite the fact they've got like up until maybe now with the TV deals now that they are making making more and more money they've gone public the year prior yeah. yet they've got some weird ass fucking sponsors for like RC Edge Maximum Power Cola oh yeah, yeah not yeah. even getting Coke or Pepsi as well basically Royal some, Crown Cola uh, Oh, I should mention something that released to us. Fraser <coughs> is on a break. Because, uh, because oh, cause the summer of the previous season wrapped up. But it will return in the fall with uh, the two-part season eight premiere, which obviously sees Daphne and Niles finally getting together. So, but, so so much negativity happening in this time period. I love it. <coughs> I'm trying to think, you know, it seemed to go well last week. What, what can I bring to this show that worked from last week to this week, other than bringing you it? And what worked well, I think, last week was bitching about Vince Russo. Yeah. So I thought, oh, what else can I find out about Vince Russo? Because I know he is, it, is he a cunt? Oh yeah, that was always that was never in doubt. But like he, I know he sticks around to at least September or things. I think that's where he does that bullshit stuff with the world title and all that. Yeah. But then there was a thing in this thing where he went home for a bit, but then came back. But everyone wondered, like, has he quit? Has he not? And suppose, did, did he leave? No one noticed. But he basically tried, attempted to quit briefly, but instead just went home for like a week before coming back mm. because he was annoyed. Because did he throw a wee half? Yes, Miss Elizabeth, uh, Kimberly Page, and I believe Lex Luger all like briefly went away from TV because they were annoyed with uh, with Vince Russo's writing, especially Page and Elizabeth, because Russo wanted them involved in more angles, which would require them to take bumps. But the two of them were like, we are not like, trained wrestlers, we do, we, we do not do that, we do not want to take bumps. Mm. And basically Russo was annoyed with that and said he didn't want them brought back, even though people in WCW wanted them like to come back to TV. So because good old fucking right up there in the intelligence department, Vince Russo wanted non-wrestlers to take bumps, which they didn't want to take, yeah. he threw a huff. Basically, like, there were multiple times where he went home and then came back when WCW, which all of them came equated and just like, no, just let me do it the way I want to do it. Yeah, he's throwing the toys at the pram. Basically, yeah. And like, Vince, I've talked about Eric Bischoff, meant briefly talking about how much he hated, you know, working with Vince Russo on the time that they did. He went, did any time you wanted to stump Vince Russo when he pitched you, and I just asked, okay, so what happens the following week? Mm. Or like, he, he, he rightfully said that, you know, every time Vince Russo's confronted with like opposition about something, he just he just tries to go home. He just walks away from the problem rather than dealing with it. And most people probably sit there thinking, why doesn't he just stay home? Mm. No one wants him. I remember in that same report talking about like they like not one those three people come out. I heard there were some people who didn't like Kimberly Page, also the then wife, then now divorced of of DDP. Oh, uh, claiming she had some sort of attitude problem. But when they were some people were supposedly comparing her to Sable's attitude that she got like in '99. But I have no real reference to back that up. Uh, so I don't know if she was like Sable, but I do think it would be a interesting parallel between Sable and her and that two women who think Highland Sales and not people don't like yet put yet somehow married to two of the most positive men in all of us. Well, like, like Mark Meadow does like 
motivational speaking now. DDP does the whole yoga and, yeah. and all that well, crap. As I, as you are with Jerry Lawler, I will stay. I will steer clear of making comments in regards to Sable because that's a, that is a bandage I do not want to rip off because I I will talk. Oh, I don't like Sable either. To be honest, I with you. I, I will talk and I will not hold back mm. and I probably will never be invited back <laughs> because I I will I will I'm in the mood to spit. <laughs> Well, and Sable is a very, very handy candidate for that because, oh, I could say she had a bit like you. Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of people who could. That's all the sky I could find on the outside world of the WF. Let's actually go to the WWF. Hurrah! This is the go-home week of King of the Ring 2000. A preview I am very excited to eventually cover. I really am looking for Is that, perchance, remind me, was, is that the pay-per-view... Where Shane took an immensely nasty bump against Glass that was supposed to break but didn't break. Now that is all one, but Shane does when you when we cover the pay per view in the coming weeks for this review, Shane does take a particularly nasty spill uh, during this King of the Ring six man tag at the hands of the Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, and so much so, I believe years later they'd repeat that spot when he came back to be bit the same Braun Strowman was playing the part of the Undertaker and ah. giving him a similar spot. <laughs> because Shane McMahon will not take a tell, but Shane, you're nearly 50 odd. No, I must fall through high things. Well, you know, you got to love him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a bit of a, butt, a, bit of a bell end mm-hmm. at times, but you know what? The man, the man knows how to take a bump. Yes. Because he, he would. He's not that kind of like backstage guy that would just go, oh, I'll just take a wee bump now. Mm. Shane, Shane likes to get into it. And then goes backstage and looks at Vince and goes, Daddy, do you love me now? <laughs> do you love me? Do you love me, Daddy? No. Please just... love me. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let me take you through Monday Night Raw that led us here and tell you where, how it's changed the upcoming King of the Ring pay-per-view, shall I? Yes, I will tell you quickly before you do, though. Yes. There was other parts I skipped, and whilst I skipped, I went, for God's sake, why? <laughs> when it was going, the WWF Rewind. And I was like, I don't want to see a Rewind, the last one I reviewed. It was annoying. Who knows? But how would you know that tobacco is wacko? <laughs> I don't care. I'm not a teen. <laughs> yeah. You and if the- I was a teen, I didn't think it was wacko either. It's right, Paul. You don't need the WWF Rewind because you've got me. <laughs> That's a good thing. So, the McMahon's in that didn't open the show. They came out after the first match, right? But as there's a bit where they're walking to the backstage area, they're going to go yeah. into the ring. And Patterson... Also, I'm telling you all this because a lot happened on Raw. It would be nice to have a recap package oh, for someone yeah, who didn't yeah. watch Raw at Hell the start yeah. of the show. Not just right into the... Hoo-doo, 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 <laughs> the song that sounded like Jim Johnson recorded the vocals for it while he had a mouthful of marbles. He did a bit, didn't he? Yeah. He did a bit. Who knows what the hell that was. Uh, anyway, he walks through and the studios come through with a fax for him, like, from uh, Linda. And, like, they're just arguing to him, like, Pat, you give it. No, you give it to him. And so one of them gives it to him and he looks at it. And then they, when, he's annoyed, when he gets annoyed when he sees it, they blame the other for, like, well, that's your fault. You gave him the fax. <laughs> and then they come out and they, they brag about how they stood tall at the end of the, the previous week's Smackdown. Yeah. And Triple H uh, talks down to the studios saying, like, how hard is it to get one photo right? Yeah. There's a thing with Keen. Like, how hard do we give you one simple task? You get one job. One job. Harrison Briscoe, you are worth Why are you both still here? Because <laughs> I got no place else to go. But, and, and it's true. We didn't. We didn't really. But 
Triple H said, you know, no, I feel like we're all on the same page, you know, we're we are unstoppable now, I think about it. He's all confident now. And everybody's all smiles and everything in the fact scene, except for Vince, he's looking very perplexed yeah. recently. Because he knows what's on the little facts that he's about to read out. And he says, uh, well, this is from my wife, Linda, who, uh, he, he says that we always take shortcuts, so we all rely on interference. Mm. She, she also questions the size <coughs> of the fact schemes. Oh, she, she also questions the size of the faction's testicles. <laughs> mm. And she insists that instead of competing for the right to be number one contender, The Rock, Undertaker and Kane should be competing for the WF Championship this Sunday. And then suddenly there's a big change in Triple H's like, you fucking what? <laughs> and then I think this is the main story going into King of the Ring that, especially with like how Vince, how Vince like set to the challenge, that basically whenever Linda's around Vince, loses his cool and allows Linda's meddling to to get to change affect his decision making. It allows her to be the shrew. Yes. And she basically gets under his skin and annoys everybody else. And she basically alright then, I'll make this and if we win, then the simulation still reigns that Triple H will be the champion and he'll defend the title in July against a winner of the King of the Ring. However, and he specifies if Rock and Kane pin either one of the three of us, then that person who gets the pinfall will become the new WAF champion. So Kane or Undertaker or The Rock could pin Vince or Shane and don't have to pin Triple H to become the WF champion. Yeah. And Triple H is going fucking after yeah, playing. He's, all... he's like, what the f-? And Shane and Stephanie are trying to hold him back. And everything. <laughs> but, but that's not official, he says. Kane, Undertaker and Rock must earn the privilege of fighting for the championship this Sunday as all three of you will be in handicap matches today. Mm. And all three of you must be successful. But then because they prove Linda wrong, he says, uh, oh, well, Linda, you say there's no interference, although we promise there'll be no McMahon family interference in any three of those handicap matches. Mm. And also, she claimed that with the size of Vince's grapefruit, saying at the end of the promo, going, So, Linda, how's that for some big grapefruits? <laughs> <laughs> and then Triple H and Triple H, throughout the whole night, he's always going mental and telling like, Why is your dad screwing everything up? Because he can. So. First of all, Undertaker quite easily defeats the Bill defeats Bossman Bill Buchanan. Right. Mainly because you know there was a falling out between Bossman and Bill Buchanan. Their their team is no more. No more Proto Shield. No, because I think because now that he Bossman's not in King of the Ring and uh, Bill is like Bill's in the final. I think they're trying to do a wee mini push for Bill and Bossman. Well, sadly that went well. That Bossman fades away and then randomly comes back in two thousand and two for some reason. But you know, yeah. so, so Bill, Bill got his Bill's, Bill's push worked so well, he got to be B squared, and we all always be grateful for that. Totally. And so, Bossman just walks out on Bill alone and be pinned after an Undertaker choke slam, and then Kane's getting ready for a match against the Hardy Boys, and Undertaker basically gives him a motivational pet talk by saying, "I want you to go out there, boy. You show those Hardys no mercy. You pretend it's me, you fan. How about that?" <laughs> and Kane just walks away. The match was a bit. Sloppy at points. Jeff nearly landed on his head after a whisper in the wind spot. But uh, Kane then quite quickly got the win over Matt after a choke slam. So Vince is getting angrier now. Yeah. And now Rock's getting set to fight TNA in the final ending match. And if he wins, obviously that means the title's on the line. You, you mean... Oh, did The Rock beat TNA? Oh, you need to stay tuned to find out. So then Triple H gets in on their face and then and Stephanie tries to be more diplomatic, but basically saying like, this is a must-win thing and Tessa just lean outside basically remembering that he was met him and he just goes whatever Stephanie and the trouble just shoves Tess and gets right up in their face so then a brawling like breaks up between bloody Tess and Triple H mm. and then The Rock does a little interview he goes like The Rock maybe at a disadvantage 
He's not like Test and Oliver. Unlike Test, he's not six foot seven with long blonde hair. And he's not, uh, oh, and not only Oliver, he's not over 300 pounds with a pierced anus. And <laughs> 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 then, blah, 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 you smell what the rock's cooking, fancy, you know, his hands. Yeah. Rock, yay. Trish does try and get involved. He grabs, like, rocks lying across the bottom, which he grabs him to try and choke him and everything. But eventually, the rock manages to score the people's elbow on a. Uh, on test for the win, the fans are, and the final shot of Raw is Vince backstage with Triple H who's angry and basically tells Triple H just wait for SmackDown. <laughs> I'm gonna I was gonna run down the card later on, like kind of thing, but they mentioned the final eight yeah. later on anyway. So I'll just mention it now, like because like the other like it was actually a wrestling heavy episode of Raw because you had the three stuff for the oh yeah, for yeah. The and then you had six King of the Ring second round matches because. They'd done two on Sunday Heat, so they're now secured the final eight going into mm. this week's SmackDown. So I'll just quickly mention what happened there and what, what the final was looking like. Angle opened the show before the match segment, and he basically came out, and they're in Nashville, and he's talking about, like, I've been all around the world, and I've seen rednecks, but the people here in Nashville might possibly be the biggest rednecks of all. <laughs> and he's probably doing, and then Bubba comes out, his ribs are all sore and everything. Because he did the big dumpster spot last week. And so Bert Angle's practically licking his lips at the idea of taking on a wounded Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah. But then he beats him with uh, the Olympic slam and everything. It was still, it still got some decent time. Like Bobby even got a bubble bomb and a top rope suplex and all that stuff, even when he's sore out. But yeah. Angle manages to get the Angle slam for the win. Celebrates as if he's won another bloody medal. <laughs> the fact seems to him happy that Angle's won. And then as Vince goes to walk out and then before he gets to the, the facts, he says he, he rushes X-Pot luck on his King of the Ring match later on. Which he has against Chris, uh, against Chris Benoit, but the Dudley's caused a distraction. Which uh, and at least the road are going for a at least the expert going for a next factor. Benoit pulls him down into a cross face, and he quickly taps out. Uh, but then they quickly beat up uh, beat up the Dudleys anyway after the match, yeah. and they go to Vince and they say, "Oh, like you want another piece of those bloody Dudleys." So Vince makes a handicap table dumpster match for King of the Ring. It'll be Tory. Xbox and Road Dog versus the Dudleys. I hate that woman. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I hate her too after what she did to Kane. But, but so basically, they don't explain it well on SmackDown, but the rules of this are going to be, and I'll explain it again when we do King of the Ring, but basically it's a case of Tori and DX must put the Dudleys into a dumpster to or win the match. the Dudleys need to put the DX through tables. They put, need to put all three members in, through a table yeah. in order to win the match. So... There you go. It's a, it's a weird mass match, but you know I think it's a lot of fun in retrospect. But then again, you know I guess nostalgia might let me down when we review this show. You uh, never know. Eddie defeats China in a King of the Ring match, despite the fact China said, "Oh, take it seriously and everything." And then she goes to do our low blow, but hesitates. And then Gina have a moment, and then he gets into a small package and pins her anyway. So and then there's all that. Uh, Christian then tells Edge he's not going to be in his corner because he says that he, he's talking to some guy who can get them on a cover of some magazine mm. whose name I forgot. And he goes, and it looks like Edge is a bit being annoyed. He goes, but you're not going to come out because you want to get us on the cover of this magazine. Did you do what you got to do, man? That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, Edge ends up losing to Jericho, who beats him with the walls of Jericho. Uh, Scotty and Rikishi promise not to take it too seriously when they beat each other. Like, don't be don't take it too seriously when I drop the worm on you. Alright, so like you don't take it too seriously when I had to back this ass up. Scott uses his beat to avoid Rikishi's arse as well, but down here. He does manage to hit the worm, but Rikishi, he's, he went from the Rikishi driver to now the bonsai for his finisher and he beats yeah. Scott with that. 
Val then tries to jump Rikishi, but Grandmaster Sexy makes the save. Yeah. And then, the final one, and I love this, Crash Holly versus Hardcore Holly. Crash actually fares pretty well, but then he gets to the point where Hardcore's just battering him. Then, Patterson comes out to distract Hardcore Holly. He sees Debrisco hitting Crash, hitting Crash with a 2x4, because a DQ, so Crash advances. But then when Hardcore goes to attack Brisco for causing my King of the Rings, but Patterson reveals a pipe, hits Hardcore with the pipe. So then Briscoe grabs another referee, pins uh, Crash. Crash to become the hardcore champion. They go back to him and they celebrate. They're like, oh, well, I see I told you, you listen to me, Briscoe. And he's pouring him champagne and everything. He gets champagne for me to go to the referee. Like, yeah, I told you, we're going to go celebrate. I'll take you to that club you want to go to in New York City. And then he pours champagne over his head. He goes, ah, you burned my eye. And he goes, what do you mean I burnt your eyes? And he just grabs the and he goes, and then he pins Briscoe. Pat Martin wins the hardcore title. And he's always saying to the referee, raise my hand now, raise my hand. <laughs> I thought it was a great laugh. I I I didn't laugh. Well, I did. Ha ha ha. So now we have a quarterfinals. It looks like this for the King of the Ring this Sunday. We're gonna have the four quarterfinals, the two semis, and then the finals at King of the Ring pay per view. Yeah. So it is. It's gonna be Bill Buchanan versus Crash. The winner of which then goes on to face the winner of Jericho versus Angle. We have Valvinius versus Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. And the winner of that will take on the winner of Benoit versus Rikishi. Yeah. And uh, we're going to see one of those, a preview of one of those eight match, one of those four matches on this show tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So there we go. Now into into SmackDown. Rudy, 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 and that's the name of this this this, this song. Uh, we're in Memphis, Tennessee, the home of the of Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lee Lewis at one point pops up in the crowd, yeah, looking like he's cool. having a red all the time. Kill. Yes, the man who would record a song many decades previous to this. Uh, which they would name a pay-per-view after in 2017. Yes. Wasn't that a shit pay-per-view? Yeah, it was okay. The main event was a bit lackluster, but you know. Uh, well, not in terms of who was in it, but just the way it finished, but I don't have time to talk about Great Balls of Fire. So we have the, we're in the pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee, big crowd on and big Cole and Zero are on, on commentary. The fact she opens up the show, I'm just going to, they're probably not going to be around for much longer, but I'm still going to call them the fact she may any time Yeah, yeah. They open the show, and then Triple H says, you know, you know, I was a bit reluctant at first, you know, when Vince made the decision <laughs> yeah. to be to make this match for the WF Championship, but, you know, look how he said he's going to go along with it, like, you know what any choice, Vince said all they had to win their, their handicap matches, they won it, so it's booked, so you're doing it whether you wanted to or not. Mm-hmm. He says, you know what? Then I don't need to worry about this because, as he basically for the same reasons he didn't need to worry the first time around, that you know, oh, they're not going to allow each other to become the WF champion. They're going to wait till no one's got you know, one of us in a compromised position. They're going to fight amongst themselves. Mm. If anything, Linda made it twice as unlikely that they'll ever you know coexist as mm. they were going to do before. Yeah, but I think in storyline at least it's a case of like Linda basically desperate for the the fact she not to have the title. Obviously, admits that she doesn't care if it's the Raw Undertaker or Kane. <laughs> she basically just like the idea: these guys deserve a title shot. I don't care who wins as long as these guys get what's coming to them. Yeah. And, uh, and then Vince Man gets on the mic and says, like, you know, after Triple H says that you know the WWE title is the most important thing in his life, <laughs> with his wife standing there. But yeah, yeah, she's yeah te- I, technically not a thing. Really. I kind of questioned that, and <laughs> when I was watching it, I was like. The most important thing in my life is this title, and like, so you, you, you consider a, a, a strap of tin and leather more important than your wife. Mm. 
Because I think they do mention that in the Kevin kind of Fabry, I remember, like, Gerald goes, what, are you more important than Stephanie? And then Gerald Lars thinks about it, well, Stephanie's not a thing, she's a person, JR. Yeah. The first time Gerald Lars ever seen a woman as a person. But. Yeah, I think I think so. They've talked about, you know, the importance of family, you know, like, you know, family is the most important thing, more than power, more than titles, more than anything. I have always tried to, you know, subscribe wholesome family values within my family, which made me laugh as well. Yeah, that, that did make me chuckle. Uh, I was like, go on, then. She's like, without these family values, you know, how would I be able to forgive, uh, you know, a, a, son, a son-in-law, a disrespectful yeah, how, son-in-law? How would I be able to forgive a disrespectful son-in-law <laughs> or disobedient son or daughter? <laughs> or my miserable shrew wife. wife. <laughs> my meddlesome wife. And so you know what? I need to set my family new challenges. challenges. New mountains for them to climb. New oceans for them to sail across. <laughs> because tonight, we were going to have The Undertaker, Rock, Kane, against Triple H, Shane, mm. and myself. <laughs> and he's all big and off. He's like, we're going to kick everyone out there. And they're just like, nope, nope, this is not happening. Yeah. And Shane just buggers all like, no, nope, Shane tries to run away. And Triple like H follow him. And Triple H follows him and then... As if, he, as if he actually would just, hey, come back here. Don't make me take them all on by myself. Yeah, it's a way of saying, like, don't make me take them all on by myself. <laughs> but fucking Shane's like, nah, man, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm going, I'm not having it. Yeah, he, tries, he comes back from commercial, he's trying to get into his limo. And yeah, he's, like, he's, like, he's basically trying, I'm not, I'm not doing it. He's or, trying to get into the limo and he's like, no, oh, man, go drive. And then Triple H goes, he's like, man, he's like, no, man, I'm not doing it. He's like, man. You're, no, you're doing it. And he's like, I'm not doing it, man. I'm not gonna, I don't want to go up against them. And he's like, well, I don't want to go up against them either, but we have to. He's basically he's like a dad trying to march his son back inside. He's like, uh, I'm not doing it. We're yeah. doing it on Sunday. I'm not doing it tonight. I don't want to do it even on Sunday. Funnily enough, like an older brother-in-law. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's just yeah. like, I don't want to fight the Undertaker either, but if I'm fighting him, you're fighting him too. Get inside. Yeah, yeah. If I have to fucking do it, you have to do it. See, it's like a brother thing. Yeah. Like, if yeah. I've got to do it, you've got to fucking do it. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not interested in your battle. Get in the house. <laughs> Get in the house. <laughs> yeah. And then we have, you know, we have a six-person tag team match coming up now. We, we have do. We have Trish Stress, one with TNA, so technically TNA and another T. So we we have a three-on-two match, then, because I, I don't consider one of those women a wrestler. We have... Well, we Can have you guess which one? Uh, I think it takes you on... They're not called it yet, but I'm just going to call them Team Extreme yeah, from now on. Yeah, Team Extreme. Yeah. With, with, an, with an X, because yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Three wrestlers mm. against the tag team in their breasts. Legit, like, she hadn't had any practice matches. I'm sure she had been training, but Trish, legit, she first ever match on this episode of Smith. The commentators are, are treating her stepping into a wrestling ring as if it's, just, it's like the most mind-blowing thing they've ever considered in their entire entire lives. And yet we don't, we don't, give, we don't seem to give Lita the same regard. Well, she's already wrestled by this point. Yeah, but that's why we should be giving her more regard. Yeah, they called her a Hardy Boys loyalist. First, Hardy Boys loyalist, which, 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 which makes her sound like a stalker. Of anything. Ah, that sounds a wee bit weird, you know. Yeah. I'm sure there's some uh, young ladies in the front row of this mountain who call themselves Hardy Boys loyalists, but for yeah. different reasons. Well, Jeff Hardy loyalist. Mm. Anyway, I think. I mean, I'm sure at that time Matt still wasn't pudgy and <laughs> kind of soft looking. Yeah, but they were, they were, let's be honest, the women were left for Jeff. But, uh, 
No, immediately also Trish tries to run away, as she would do as a cowardly heel manager, running away when they say, get away from Lita. Then Tess grabs Lita up by the hair, pulls her up on the apron, but the Hardys come to Lita's aid. Mm. Yeah, double suplex on a on a tip. Trish only comes every so often, like, Matt's down, uh, I think it's Matt, Albert puts his arms on his back, yeah. Trish comes in, she slaps him, immediately gets back out again. Oh no, that, that was Jeff. Yeah, I thought that it might Jeff, be Jeff. Yeah. I know Jeff, there's a sequence where he gets worked over, but I don't know yeah. if, he, if Matt tagged loved, down I and then Jeff came in. I loved that sequence in the match. Uh, I don't remember exactly what point it was, yeah. but there was a fantastic spot with Tess and Albert where they had Jeff, mm-hmm. and they just they just hoisted him up, like, so fucking, it looked so high, and then they didn't really do anything, they just hoisted him up and dropped him the yeah. fuck back down again, and I was like, I looked at it, and I was like, I bet that was so, I bet but, it was. The best gift that Jeff had in wrestling, but also the thing that probably... Fucked him up a lot. Which is how good he looked like when he was getting battered. Mm. How good he is at getting battered. I got that that spot he did as well, where he did the you know the through the ropes thing, where yeah. he went and done the fucking flip on the yeah. fucking Albert and test. Mm-hmm. That was good too. And then uh, Trish tries to break up, but it was a fair match. But then Leah kicks her. She gets her. They, she and uh, Tess get a twist of fate. Uh, then Jeff, I say he has a twist of fate. But like, I can can I can I if you're talking about the bit I'm talking about, yeah. So we do we work over test and we work over Trish a bit, and then the Hardys proceed to hoist Trish up and dump her on test. To which Jerry Law says, "I've never wanted to be test more in my life." He says, "Sad old freak." <laughs> but anyway, I know who would want to be test. <laughs> I wouldn't want it to be, but anyway. We go for the spot, mm-hmm. and Jeff goes for the twist of fate. He didn't even land anywhere close to them. He yeah. landed in front of them. If anything, his head lightly hit the side of Test and made zero contact with Trish. Because if he landed the way that they'd placed Trish on him, if he landed properly, his whole weight sandwiches hard between Test and yes, himself. I get a her and, ch- her, and, her and Test would have been with child. He, he would have just... Her back would just have been in bits if he landed her properly, like as he would as he would go on to do. Wait, wait, does he flip? But yeah, then Albert. Well, I mean, what did Jeff weigh two thirty or something? Like, he was he weighed more than Shawn Michaels did at his mm. prime, didn't he? Something like that. Uh, so then Albert comes in and makes the say There's a, a brawl to say. I believe Leah. Then I think she goes for. I believe she hits her minsault. This yeah, point. she hits her minsault. I mean, I think they're they're happy for her to take the minsault because they know that. Compared to Jeff, obviously Leah weighs practically nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even with all the momentum and the impact coming down, she's yeah, she barely. But no, she hits her moonsault, and she, as per like the fucking referees outside dealing with the other other four of them, yeah. and she's she went and she done her thing. She lands on Trish, and then she's like counting, and then she's like, "Come on, where the fuck's the referee?" And do you know? I'll be honest. See, when I watched that spot, I I, I sighed. <laughs> I was like, "Here comes another fucking." Dumbass finish. <laughs> and, you know, I was proven right. Well, at least it ended cleanly somewhat. I mean, I guess there was involvement, but like there was... Didn't. Well, I was going to say, it's, it's not as if someone who wasn't involved in the match got involved. Like, well, okay, it ended cleanly, but it also ended wrongly. Yeah, but Albert comes out and hits that, what he calls the Baldo Bomb. Yeah, the Baldo Bomb. <laughs> this, I love the Baldo Bomb. bomb on, on Lita, and then just rolls... Le- uh, Treasure or Ref carries it and then Trish is maybe so out of it after the minsault that Albert just picks up and launches her over his shoulder like a sack of toys just banging her in that's what she reminds me of mm. there you go 
Sakatotis. I think in terms of her first match, she, she didn't do a lot. She was basically, she re- didn't wrestle as a wrestler. She wrestled as a manager who's put in a wrestling match. Because that's what she is at this point. Maybe they should have put her in a weasel costume. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe save that for a pay per view. You know, that's a that's a third or fourth match stipulation. That one. Yeah. Um, Briscoe goes around looking for Patterson. You didn't miss much. He he likely pushes stuff over to showcase that I, he is angry. I know he pushes <laughs> stuff over and looks in a fridge and. At one point, I don't know which which I don't know which one it's because it's like uh, he's from somewhere in Quebec. Is Patterson? Yeah, so he was like, I'm gonna find that goddamn. I'm gonna scalp that damn Frenchman. Ah, he's like, no good French bastards, whatever. Oh, yeah. So part we 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 have a great deal of time spent on Patterson wandering about like a dickhead. Uh, no, Fresco uh, wondering about like a dickhead going, Patterson, Bar- where are you, Patterson, you goddamn snake? He <laughs> 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 just briefly, he only he, he kindly pops, he grabs, he opens the door, it's clearly not, he goes, Patterson, are you in here? And before he gets an answer, he clips away, like, maybe turn the light on, see if he's in here. Yeah, in, in more than a few seconds, you'll he, find them. He wasn't too sharp. No, no, he wasn't. That's why he was a stooge. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was a gimp. And this is shortly after they reveal that Jerry Lewis is in the crew. And then out come Edge and Christian as Elvis, or as they call there's two Bad Elvis and, and Fatter Elvis. Elvis. And then, because also they're in Memphis, one with uh, Elvis. And all of it basically, their jokes is brained up to, haha, isn't Elvis dead? Well, that was, I thought, I was like, <laughs> god damn it, man. He's like, oh, Elvis is just like this place. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, you childish fucks. <laughs> he goes, yeah, oh, for the benefit of those with flash photography, a special new post called A Hunger, Hunger of Edging Christian. And then he does the Elvis thing like, and he does with the swivel. Poses, and then he just ends up goes, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> as, mu- as much as I was displeased with that time period, I always loved it too. We were just <laughs> idiots. Well, love it. Christian takes his off because he has to wrestle. Edge just keeps his on. Oh, no. What about during the match when he bends out to help Christian? You're like, oh, God, man. <laughs> you know, you just see the big fucking ass crack. You're like, good damn it, man. Uh, you know, we don't need to see that. We don't need to see fat Elvis crack. They randomly throw this in because of the fact that one half of the tight chaps grandma six and they've announced a four-way elimination match for the the baby. They these two teams, Hardys and TNA, we just saw a minute ago. Yeah. So you know, there's a decent match here. You know, Christian Etsy's reverse DD at one point. The referee is just a fucking idiot. I think it's Tim White for this match. Yeah, he's, it's Tim White. He's far too distracted by Scotty. All Scotty's trying to hype the crowd up. He's like, "Oh, you watch." You're like, "I'm not doing anything." Meanwhile. Grandmaster's well, trying to do like a sunset flip day, so Chris Edge, uh, even in this big fucking inflatable suit, the manages to get a boot to the. Yeah, he's about to. Like, I wish he'd have done that, that would have been a brutal spot. Uh, but then Christian does a, a, another cool spot where he manages to get grabs while he's still standing apron and do like a spinning DDT on the outside, mm. and then together again while the referee's being a, a moron, they yeah. send Grandmaster into the. Into the steps at one point as well. We cannot speak ill of the late great Tim White because the guy was cool. I like yes. Tim White. But at this point, he let his guard down, I think. <laughs> he did, he did. But you know, I will also say, at this time, you mentioned mm. last show that, like, too cool, we're really over at the point, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And it was just cool seeing Grandmaster and his element, man, because that guy was a great wrestler. And also being Jared Sonny's in his hometown as well. Ah, He's totally. in Memphis. But it was just, it's great seeing him, because I always thought Grandmaster was a great in-ring yeah. guy. I don't think they ever mentioned like where they were from when Tuchel came out individually, so I don't know if a lot of people in the crowd even knew that he was the whole thing. Well, don't you remember when he was just 
you know, Brian Christopher, yeah. and he was he done the wet, what was it, the Tennessee Jam yeah. and all that kind of shit. But I'm, saying, I'm sure there are a few people who are just cheered or not because he was something just like, oh yeah, too cool, Grandmaster and all that. Well, is the Tennessee Jam what became the hip-hop drop? Yes. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, <laughs> often I call it the hip-hop drop news like this, but it was also the Tennessee Jam. Like, yes, I know, you remember 97, Brian Christopher. Yeah. Oh, he starts his week coming out, then he goes through a dive in the corner, because he moves away and poor, he gets... Kind of a, he's almost in the reverse position you'd be for a shattered dreams. Yeah, his dreams definitely got shattered in that spot. <laughs> Ed's trying to get involved at one point by grabbing the ring bell, but then he's fighting over it with Scotty. Yeah, Scotty fucking calls up. And then, and then every all he sees is Scotty with the belt. So he's like, "Oh, you put that belt in, that belt in." And then he goes and it, Chris Edge, even with the stuff pan on, which wouldn't really hurt when you think about it, how big this is. He hits a spear on a grandmaster. Christian goes for. A, then the referee's getting Edge out of the ring. Edge is all pointing there because he assumes Christian's going to get the, the win easily. But so Scotty comes, comes in with the ring bell and fucks a gun over the head. Which no one notices he's done because even though you can hear earlier, ding! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Magic Nia rolls Grandmaster over. Grandmaster gets the pin and... and uh, everyone's happy. Yeah. The tag team champions have got a win going into the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, and there was much rejoicing. Hooray. Which would start a really good night for Too Cool on this episode. It really it? would. It was really good. It was it was good, but then that fucking cycle. Yes. There's always the one that has to ruin it for everyone. Yeah. Prick. The, again, not, again, not a clean finish, but then again, it was a case of like, the heel tried to win dirty and then he faces it like... It wasn't a clean finish, but it was the right kind of not clean finish. It was basically a turnabout fair play kind of finish, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Tit for tat and all that, you know. Speaking of tits, in comes Terry Reynolds. I'm proud of myself for that tradition, but I think I should. I don't know if I've mentioned it before on this show, but I fucking hate Terry Reynolds. Oh, fucking fist bump, man. Mar- I agree with you, she's a shit. Marlena, it's cool. Terry Reynolds is a whole. Yes. Uh, she I mean, dropped- did, did she ever know how to, you know. Wrestle? No, not well, I knew she didn't know how the no, fuck she, to do no, that. She had no interest in learning how to wrestle. But did she know how to, you know, put clothes on? Probably not. Because. In that time period, it was very rare to see her, you know, wearing clothes. She doesn't know, she also doesn't know how to register a firearm, because I remember she got arrested last year, didn't she? Did she? I like, didn't know. Like she went through an airport and she had a gun in her bag, which she turns out wasn't registered, so she got arrested for it. Good. Bitch. But, so, Dean Malenko's getting massaged by three. I'm assuming it's three of Godfather's souls, because last time I saw Dean on SmackDown, he was teaming with a Godfather. Yeah. So, they started his whole lazy man thing, but he's mostly been on heat, so I'm assuming they've been doing some stuff on that. So basically, she tries to convince Dean to team with her yeah, in the I, next time, which against a cat and a partner. I look like a broken old woman who doesn't know how to put her clothes on. Will <laughs> you wrestle with me? She basically implies that basically she'd jag him with 18 wear, and she wanted it off, and he takes him a second, and he finally pulls out, and he buggers off. And then before pulling back in, the same to the three ladies, miss me, and run it with a towel wrapped in himself. He mm. did your best, Dean, but you know, again, you plus ladies' man did not. Doesn't go together. Yeah, it does not compute. But then, when we get uh, the cat, yeah, we also uh, I think that's later on. Briscoe oh, yeah. is again going through the uh, backstage area once again, asking Earl Hebner if he's seen Patterson. He said he doesn't know. Earl, you're bloody useless. Yeah. yeah. Shane again, where to reassure Joey's up. Vince clearly got some sort of master plan. You're going to see it and go and Joey goes, oh yeah, because his plans have been working really well so far. Yeah. <laughs> Which then takes us into, and I know we talked about these two earlier on because he said it was Boss Man battering him, but. Like, I remember when I saw this come up during the show, and I thought, boss man, Eddie Guerrero. Not two people I'd have put together, because I don't associate them wrestling at the same time 
you know, where, where they would have crossed paths. But this is in that brief window where before Bossman buggers off for a while mm. and the WF and, and everything, because I don't, it's hard to imagine for me Bossman versus Eddie Guerrero. It's not hard for me to imagine, you know, the Bossman, very quick, very vicious, mm. very hard hitting. Eddie, very gimmicky, mm. very irritating. Well, they're both very gimmicky, obviously. Bossman is. Was it was said, the Mexican jumping bean? Well, probably Lawler, he's always saying shit like that. Yeah, well, I'd, yeah, Mexican jumping bean. But, uh, you know, Gosman's been very gimmicky in his career. Like, some of his WCW gimmicks are after kick. And, like, he was, he was, even though I thought it was because the overly, overly blue-shirted Bossman. Don't you slag like Bossman or you'll be serving hard time. I mean, I'm not serving, saying slagging the Bossman, but he's <laughs> a very gimmick-style wrestler and that he's always been different sort of character. Like, yeah. He's a great sort of facility officer. He loves his mum. Then he's a guardian angel in WCW, or he's Big Bubba, and he comes back. He's a corrections officer. He's went a bit dark. Yeah. <laughs> I, I my my key theory about why he became so mental and off the rails in late '99 is that early in the year when he got hung by Undertaker, he secretly died, and then some sort of demon possessed him, which made him do awful things. Yes. Like stealing man, men's coffins and murdering and feeding people's dogs. Their dogs. Yes. But I, no, I think the boss man. I always liked him. And I liked him more when he was proto-shield boss man for the simple fact that at that point his punches connected. <laughs> because when he, w- when he was with Copper from Cobb County, Georgia, you know, all those punches he threw, yeah. that fresh air much that had a very black eye. <laughs> did, yeah. you, did you ever watch his golden era matches when he was well, a boss man? Them. And he would, like... Say that's the guy's face, and say that's about a distance between the guy's face and his fist. He was like, you know, punching away there, and you're like, you're not even hitting him, boss man. How can you be serving out hard justice if you're not hitting them? Who knows? But, uh, boss man does manage to get a version of the boss man, like, today he comes to the top, grabs him, and then spins him out a little bit into what, into what Mike Cotton correctly calls a sidewalk slam. Yeah, it was stupid. But Michael Cole was kind of dumb at that point. And he like, has a drop kick to the outside on bottom, but then he goes for another move. Bossman catches him, drops him knee first across the apron. That, uh, that was a spot during that match. I, thought, I went to it and I was like, on yourself, <laughs> Bossman. When he caught Eddie <laughs> with tilt-a-whirl tilt yeah. slam on the knee, and I was like, I was like, yes, break him. <laughs> and then there was a moment I didn't expect to see, but I thought maybe he's getting to a bit of show match, maybe Chain would slap him, but then... He's squaring off with we, we, uh, we China, ref trying to get in the middle of it. He hooks the one right he, in the he, jaw. I know, I'm just like, I know it's still to do, but he just properly just like, ah, oh, fuck it, just smacks her. Ah, oh, he fucking clipped on one, I like, was like, good uh, on you. You go and connect there, and then everybody, even going to, like, oh, dear, like, what the hell is that, the crowd are all like, but, oh, like, even though China's a former IC champ at this point, everybody's still a bit like, oh, you can't be doing that. Oh, fuck off, she's big enough, she could take it. I know. And then she comes back at him later on, but while that's happening, Val tries to cost Eddie the European title because also, I also probably stick it to him because they're fighting that King of the Ring. And that really sucks that Val's plan didn't work. Yeah, it's him with Bossman's night, but I think Bossman's, because the referee was getting all his face like, hey, what, you shouldn't be hitting China and everything. The Bossman took too much time to get into it, but he might have pinned him, had China not, and then came in and whacked him with the European title. This is my least favorite match of this evening because it's just. I feel like too much was going on and I cared about very little of it. Although, then the, I mean, I was, I was thinking about it, but I thought, like, well, fuck, he actually connected to China, but even then, didn't really uh, care. I, I think he should have done it more than once. Then she wouldn't have got into the ring and cost him the goddamn European title. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I have to disagree with you. Mm. There was a lot going on and a lot of silliness in this match, but it was nice to see the boss man looking strong. Yeah. I don't know how many appearances on SmackDown we'll see the boss man out there, because I know he does go away for a bit and he's back in O2, because like, he's in that room in like, the O2 draft when everyone's sitting my head and he's just randomly there mm. for some reason. So I don't know how when exactly he goes away. But do you uh, think he gets to the point where he goes, I have to go now, my planet needs me. <laughs> Maybe. But, uh, then we got Kane backstage uh, being interviewed, and he said, like, "Oh, like now you've got to face, you know, your your brother, you know, a team with your brother, and they're all this time the WWE titles on the line and everything." What do you? Because brother or no brother, Brock or no Rock, <laughs> the WWF title is what I want. Mm. And the WWF title is what I'm gonna get. But I must say. That was the first time I'd seen mm-hmm. that version of Kane. Uh-huh. You know, Kane actually talked mm-hmm. through the mask. Yeah. I'd never seen that. That was unique to me. Because yeah. I remember, you know, fucking psychopathic Kane that took off the mask and was wearing a towel. Yeah. And I know Kane that went and talked through the voice box, <laughs> which was really kind of fucking dumb. But I'd never seen just Kane being menacing uh, as Kane. You I know? remember... Because then, cause then he, he would talk through the mask and everything. Then you'd get a point where he had a mouth bit in the mask so he could talk better because I'm sure Glenn Jacobs was getting sick of talking yeah, through yeah. the mask and everything. And I'll, I just I just like doing Keynes and Rose and his voices so I can do that thing where I come out <laughs> and talk to the mask. But uh, yeah, it was weird to see him talk because like, I remember the Rock the Fifth Seven when they were doing when he still had the thing like, my name is Kane. <laughs> 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 I remember then he learned, he learned Brandley to talk without it for a couple of weeks in 99 because Xbox helped them speak through the power of friendship and then he got with Tori and didn't speak anyway that so, was so queer so then he comes back here and he's, now he's talking more he's getting full on promos with, with his mask and everything on then we got Patterson we find out he's hiding in the women's locker room dressed, dressed as a woman dressed in drag yeah and I don't know why Briscoe then later on has to dress as a woman to get in because everybody knows I think I'm sure the other women know that's a man in drag if he's just going to attack him anyway, you just open the door immediately, attack him, and then get your belt back. But anyway. Do you know, I don't think either of them would do very well on RuPaul's Drag Race, you know. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, you're, a big, you're a big drag face, yeah, drag race. Fan. I am not a big drag face. <laughs> you know what I mean. And I, I, I will correct you just ever so slightly. I was a big drag race fan before it got ridiculous and before... You know, it had umpteen million fucking different generations. Like, oh, we have Drag Race Philippines, Drag Race Canada, Drag Race UK, Drag... Like, for fuck's sake. And now it seems odd to me because, you know, it's not just, you know, men dragging as women now. It's, you know, real women and transgender people and shit. That's when it becomes, you know, silly to me. You know, because Lena is not men impersonating women, it's women impersonating women and <laughs> transgender women impersonate how can you impersonate what you are? Yes. Because then I think if there's a transgender person getting involved then it depends like yeah, you're dressing up and then not knowing what but what do you define yourself as? Are you yourself with a woman or like We're getting into a very sketchy area. I can understand why it would be slightly confusing for somebody who maybe not might not know Ins and outs of it to yeah. see if Andrew Press on RuPaul. But, well, I know you've talked a lot in glowing praise about when you did watch uh, oh, yeah, yeah. RuPaul. You know, what was your peak time? Of, My of, peak was round about, uh, I can't remember the season, but it was this drag queen on it, Aquaria. 
and he was he was just fantabulous him and he you see him now and he's very popular and when he when he does himself up it's what you wouldn't tell because he's he's gorgeous yeah but when you see him out of it and he's still gorgeous so it's cool yeah still I, cool i once did a brief well it was part of a group i brief, did a briefly did a magazine a one-off thing for a project in university and we did a magazine about uh about drag and yeah, things yeah. like that and i i learned of the the you know lesser known drag kings which are women dressing up as men yeah see i, I totally respect that too like drag queens mm-hmm. men impersonating women drag kings mm-hmm. women impersonating men like i totally get it you know when when one gender is impersonating another gender yeah. i get it you know but when when someone is who has already you know become the gender they see themselves as yeah when well you well when yeah. when you should be a drag if you if you if you feel a woman and you become mm-hmm. what you are yeah. like properly then should you not be a drag king then and then i don't know how this ended up i ended up doing having to do an article maybe i didn't give it as much as i probably should have, but i was talking about the difference between someone dressing up in drag and also and difference between that and thinking you are believing you are you're born in a different generation you should be in being trans yeah. i don't know how i ended up in that i don't that i article. don't quite know how we ended up in that no way, i don't know why i ended up getting given this article to do because yeah. i remember writing it starting out and being like how they like I this I would require a lot more time and research just because like I why am I writing it? who whose idea was this like like I I remember saying yes to doing it but I'm like I'm I'm not I'm not an expert in this I don't have any knowledge of this field why am I doing this sitting right there going maybe I should put on some drag and then I may get it I will call myself Tallulah <laughs> that was the first name you came up with yeah that's the first name that came in my head is it didn't even start with an S isn't it like the case of like it's you often your drag name is somewhat similar to your own name or has starts with similar letters to your own. Oh no! Again, I'm a novice to this. Some of, some of them have crazy names, man. I'm a novice to the world. If you like to see Paul come here on uh, do a RuPaul's Drag Race podcast on Rugged Pains, let him know. Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, man. <laughs> I get, I don't know. Yeah, so Parison dressed up as a woman. Yeah, yeah, that's where that's how we got onto this. Yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd bring up because you've talked about drag race in the past. Yeah, but it, it was good up until about season for me up until I think season ten, I yeah. think ten or eleven, I think, because after that it got kind of sketchy and crap. And also, just remember when we were talking about certain things, we don't claim to be experts. This, oh, is, hell this, no. this is a wrestling show. Try not to take anything we say we, seriously. We have we have we have mutual respect for everyone. <laughs> we really do, but. Yeah. Quite honestly, we are like most people. We, well, we are not like most people because you know, <laughs> we we don't claim to get it. Yes, you know, we just we just we know we know we don't know everything. I'll just say if you don't understand something, be upfront yeah. about it. Yeah, because if you're going to bullshit, that makes it worse. And I, you know, I watched it. I appreciated yeah. the, like I always appreciated the, like you know the, when they were done up and you yeah. thought like that's really good makeup or you've done yourself really well or. You look really like a woman, yeah. and enjoy the, the stories that like they would tell, like their, their personal shit and that, and all that kind of crap. I enjoyed the pageantry of it, you know. But do I understand it? Hell no, I would never claim to understand it. I just, yeah. the only thing I understood is I enjoyed it, up to a point. <laughs> you know? Again, like I said, 
we got some we went to some deeps other so i don't know how you transition from what from that to so patterson patterson it's and the patterson's obviously in the women's locker room right he's smoking a cigarette and the cats in there she's asking me to put out the cigarette well let, let's be honest we, we missed a little bit so no, that, he, happens, that he, happens at first and then, she, then oh, Terry comes in. Right, so so Briscoe's running about like a dickhead <laughs> and he's going, like, oh, we're, and then he bumps into Howard. I think that comes later on, but he tells him, like, oh, he's in a women's locker. Like, yeah. how am I supposed to get him in there? Well, I've got an idea. And he's like, what, what in the hell? I, well, I got what are you saying? And then, he, and then he comes and like, well, it's the only idea I've got here. But, yeah, so Patterson's in there, he's smoking a cigarette. The cat, so then comes Terry, like, oh, I'll find myself a little partner. Like, why don't you go find your partner all the time? And she just wanders off and just calls her trash. Mm. That's for you, by the way. I'll, let me give you a little insight into this. Oh, call. please do, because it makes no fucking sense to me. At some point in late February, early March, through GTV, we find out that, uh, I think, Terry borrowed the top from the cat, I think. And then she brought it back, and it was covered in bleach, or it was all messy and everything. Then they had a cat fight at WrestleMania... Uh, was Mil- that the one where she was wearing the bubble wrap? No, I'm sure that was a rumble. Ah. So like they had, so they had a cat fight with me. Then they had that fucking weird arm wrestling match, insurrection. Then they kept popping up, but every so often fighting each other. They had that. Had another arm wrestling match a few weeks ago. Now they're having this. Like this is the longest women's feud in a long time. Like, like, it, and every so often it just it's there and then it's not there. I'm just like, oh god, is this still a thing? Like, move on. Yeah. The top got messy. Move on. I mean, buy a new top and get on with your life. Yeah, you have money. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not now, but mm-hmm. she had money then. So then we get Kurt Angle, weirdly, he's a big part of the cane around this Sunday, but he's one of the only people in the group, other than a brief run in later on, who gets very little to do on this show. <laughs> he's wondering, reading a WF magazine that, of course, he's on the cover of. Yeah, like, I would like to have that one for my collection. <laughs> he runs to his Debbie like, oh, there, I've been on the cover of Sports Illustrated USA, David. Finally. finally, I get to be on the cover of WWF magazine. So I fulfill my lifelong dream to be on WWF magazine. So not, oh. not, not a gold medal or no, anything. No, no, no. Being on the cover of WWF magazine. Now that you're in this, this coming up, potentially your dream, not, you know, maybe you become WWF champion or whatever. And then she goes, oh, well, I wish you luck in the King of the Ring. goes, oh, great. I can't wait to win the King of the Ring. Then go on and beat your husband for the WWF title. Well, you remember, she, Stephanie, <laughs> we talked about it last week, yeah. about the whole weird tension between, yeah. you know, the whole... Three people yeah. thing between her and Step, and her Triple and Triple H and Kurt, and she's like, "Wow, you look really good, so photogenic, so, <laughs> so lifelike." And he's he's like, "Thank you, Stephanie. Now I can't wait to go on to win King of the Ring and then go on to beat your husband for the WWF title." And he walks off on ground, and she's like, "Say what?" <laughs> it's just like you just said so matter of fact. He went, "Oh, well, bye bye now," and just buggers off. Bye bye now. We're off with V Magazine, like. Oh, he's like, he's like Truman in a Truman show. In case I don't see you, <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Anyway, here it is for the Intercontinental title. Chris Benoit taking on Rikishi. One of the clean finishes. Yes! Rikishi. Uh, so, this is a really. They just go right into it because also they're going to fight at King of the Ring. Yeah, ben, we get into it. They claim that also this match was already bit before they were put in the opposite end of the brackets. Yeah, yeah. But no, Benoit comes out and does typical Benoit, you know, like vicious the chops and everything. Chops and blah 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 and all the Benoit stuff he does. But then Rikishi's probably getting back and he's giving it like he's uh, he's giving it back to so. the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
It was a point where the, I think it's the left shoulder Benoit just goes after it, trying to get yeah, yeah, it up for the And I don't know, was it legit or was it kayfabe? No, I think it was kayfabe. Cause I think they were playing mm. on the fact that QC was already somewhat injured because he had two big brawls with Valve. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it feels like Rikishi is being set up as a big underdog to fight his size going into the King of the Ring tournament because he's so over and he's been in these brawls like he's at this and then he has this fight with Ben Wallace. Yeah. He's not technically 100% going to King of the Ring. So they have the fight. But, but weirdly, even though he keeps setting up for it, Ben is not unable, even though they say, well, he can get it from there. He doesn't manage to get Rikishi down. Yeah, he, he down manages the, to get him a few times like, in position, but he doesn't get it locked in. Locked uh, he can't, can't get him. I think a lot of that has to do with how big Rikishi is. Uh... But Benoit goes for there, but then at one point Rikishi carries into a belly of the belly. Rikishi goes, uh, Benoit goes for the back, for the diving headbutt, and he moves. Uh, eventually, Rikishi's able to, it goes very quickly, but Rikishi manages to catch him with a kit, pull Benoit in position. The commentator's like, oh god, this is it, this is it. It's it, and then the crowd are very responsive to it. Yeah. Bonsai drop very cleanly, just out of nowhere, right and before the King of the Rikishi's the intercontinental I champion. love the logs of a good Bonsai, and I swear to god, when he went and done it, I was sitting watching it and I was going, oh fuck, there's going to be a run in, there's going to be something, Val Venus is going to come out, or Benoit's going to kick out, something's going to happen, and see when the three hit. Uh. I, went, I actually did, I went, yes! <laughs> I was sitting watching it, yes, Kishi won! <laughs> and, then, and then it dawned on me, like, Kishi's the fucking IC champ, too cool, the tag champs, this is cool, man! That's what I love about like, certain deal. I love when, when a stable has a moment, or a trio has a moment, where all three of them can be champions yeah. at one time. I never paid too cool to ever be a group that had that, even but it, period. But you got it, man, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? So Rikishi got the XB belt, and then, like, and Michael Cole and Carol, like, wait, that means Rikishi, too cool. They got the tag team title. Rikishi got the IC title. And they then, they come out, and they got Rikishi's V-shades, and yeah, then, like, Rikishi, even though he's also, he goes from Celtic, and then suddenly he's got the belt on one hand, and he's just giving out, he's seeing his V-jigs. Uh, and then, fuck Nugget comes in, wail the fucking chair. <laughs> And starts whacking everybody, <laughs> and then he puts Rikishi in the fucking crossface, and he won't let it go, <laughs> and everything's go. And you know, after a minute, I start, I start, I skipped that bit because I just didn't care. I re- I really don't care about Benoit, <laughs> you know, and the whole. Oh, I'm gonna hold on to this fucking crossface, and all the all the backstage staff are gonna try and pull me off, and oh, I'll fight back, and I'll put it back on him, and then I'll walk off grumpy. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> at that point I was like fuck you Ben I'm not watching your push yeah. I think it's made sell like the idea like oh now there's like more issues between these two and they've got to fight each other again on Sunday no but it's yeah. just like the thing that annoyed me the thing that really, like for fuck's sake just <laughs> let them let Too Cool have that moment uh, that moment where they fucking like yeah. they've got the tag belts Rikishi's got the fucking IC but let them have the moment you no know no, I thought it was a little bit funny amusing about this because there's one replay which shows it from a different angle where Rikishi's against the Rocks, he's doing his dance, and both Grandmaster and Tuku and uh, both Scotty and Grandmaster get hit with chairs. Rikishi hasn't noticed yet, so he's still dancing away while they're getting battered mm. until he turns around and gets hit, with, hit himself. So there you go, they've got all uh, three belts right now going into the Sunday. Yeah, we've got all three belts, but that whole fucking segment made mm. that ending and that segment made them look weak. Yeah. You know, and that's what I mean. They were superiorly over. Mm-hmm. We just got like a f- they were a faction with titles, all three of them mm-hmm. celebrating having that, and then that fucking idiot comes in and starts his push. And I think it's a, like, a big thing for Kishi to get the IC title because you know everyone's been defending it, you know, a lot, and like it's been it's been this year alone. It's went from you know Jericho, Dick Angle to Benoit, 
We yeah. could back and forth between Jericho and Benoit now. On Rikishi, who has already had a couple of one, a couple of brief like shots at the WF title, he's been in and around the scene of the yeah. main event. So it feels like there is plans for Rikishi, and so this is a case of like, we'll we'll give you the give you the IC belt for now before we see while we see if you're uh, ready to be moved up another level. So I think it's a big thing for Rikishi to get the belt. At this oh, yeah. Well, he's there's a lot of gold in that there family. Mm. Mm-hmm. A lot of gold. I mean, isn't Rikishi himself? <laughs> When he was a head shrinker, a former tag champ. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah. And wasn't he a tag champ whilst he was Rikishi too? Yes, later so on. Though. He's a multiple time tag champ. He's an IC champ. He's been yeah. That that long belts he's won. IC and tag belts. I think this would be his only singles belt, and unless he picks up a hardcore belt here, there, that forgotten about. Yeah, there's it'll... there's every chance he might have. A lot of people picked up a hardcore belt. I mean, yeah. if fucking Briscoe can pick up a hardcore belt, Rikishi can pick up a hardcore belt. Potentially, eh. Uh, there you go. Then we go right from there, and then come back from commercial. No segments. No, we're back into another match. It's Hardcore Holly taking on Jericho because apparently to continue with this thing that they're building between Jericho, uh, Triple H, and Stevie, they had Hardcore apparently called out Triple H on the previous week Sunday night heat. Yeah. So we had a match with Triple H, and then Ben Jericho came in and caused a no contest there, then and and Hardcore Holly's annoyed about that. Yeah. He well, what was he not annoyed about? He's annoyed about and everything. I goes, well, we don't know what happened. Jericho and go, maybe Hardcore Holly could have been the game. And I just went, no, he fucking wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no. You're, you're, you'll always be Sparky Plug to me. You're, wait, you're wait, not. Hardcore Holly, was cerebral assassin. You know, and just like five years earlier, these two were fighting at bloody SummerSlam. As Sparky plug in, plug in. Hunter Helmsley. And look how far they've come. Well, one further than the other. Oh. Oh, come on. Bob Holly got to be in the job squad. Yay. And trip and Hunter Hearst Helmsley went on to become Triple H. Well, Need I say more? Let me talk to you about forget hardcore's pro here. Usually I don't have to care about anything. I don't have to. <laughs> so Jericho, I'm gonna kick you, I'm gonna beat you. And I'm gonna tell you it's fair. How do you like, like me now? And you're like, I don't. That was shite. That was no. That was a shite promo. So the whole like, he's he's got new music. The because I think his old music's now been given a crash. And I think later on he'll add to that music a wee bit. How do you like me now? No. That was the answer being we don't. I don't like you before. But I'm how do you like me now? Same as I did the last time. You're still a cunt. And that whole I'm gonna kick you being too. I am eighty percent confident. Like. Is that not from Michael Jackson's beat it song? And if it is, why is Hardcore Holly, the no-nonsense guy from Alabama, quoting Michael Jackson? I don't know. I'm almost confident it's from that. But, you know... Major, I will say I'm surprised Tony Khan hasn't tried to buy him to at his toy box. What, Michael Jackson? No, fucking <laughs> hardcore. I was going to say, the reason he's not bought Michael Jackson, he's been dead for 11 years. No, but fucking... I'm surprised he's not went and he's fucking daddy. I'm like, can I have some uh, pocket money? I want to buy him too. <laughs> Need to add it to my collection. <laughs> That's Tony Khan. <laughs> yeah. So then, let's see. I watched this. Uh, I watched this this match twice. It's uh, part of this because I, I stopped it here when I was watching it, and then came back the next day to watch the rest of the show. I feel you did because when I when when I went on to your network myself <laughs> mm-hmm. to watch the show because last night. As I told you last night, I was like, "Hey, I can watch it. I can watch it tonight, no bother." Mm-hmm. 
I put it on eventually when I got some cleaning done in here and then I was like, and I went to put it on and I was sitting there watching it and I was like, oh, I can't be annoyed with this just now. <laughs> and I, I, I watched it in the morning <laughs> and then the morning came and I hadn't watched it. So I, early afternoon, <laughs> I finally watched it, which was better though because it keeps fresh in the memory that <laughs> way. But then uh, he said, so I watched it twice. I stopped at this match, then came back, and I went, "Okay, I'll I'll restart the match so I can pick up anything I missed." So I watched this match twice. I still can't remember what the finish was. I can't remember who won. I know Steffi got involved. I do. It, the match was going on, and you know Jericho was doing things, Hardcore was doing things, and then when the finish came, Stephanie came out and she hit. Jericho on the back of it. Well, I say hit. She tapped him on the back of the head with I know, her I know he title. Out, I know he kicked out, and then before he kicked out, I was about to say, "Am I going to have to retract my statements from the previous week about how, given like the title's effect is based on its prestige or how it's viewed?" Because I, because I said like the previous week she hit the rock with the rock didn't even sell it. Yeah, nah, like Jericho sold it right, but then Holly, no, what was it? He got hit, and then Holly tried to get him, didn't get him. And then he hit into the line, salt, and one, two, three, and Jericho won. And Stephanie was all PO'd and throwing a little huff like she does. Yeah. You know Stephanie lived that time period. Like, Hardcore was being stiff as he always does. He was throwing Jericho into the stairs. And yeah, he, uh, I've seen that. Was he known for that overall? What, what being stiff? Being stiff as oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially as he transitioned from Sparky to, to Ball, then Hardcore Holly. Yeah, I mean... I hear tell that he was a hard, he was a hard individual to get on with or to like. Oh, sorry, I've just looked it up here. Michael Jackson's beat it features a bit where it says they'll kick you, then they'll beat you, then they'll tell you it's fair, so beat it. So Hardcore Holly did quote a Michael Jackson song in his promo. Which, why? I think you need to go back to the race track, Sparky. Hmm. Just do it. When did when, I'm gonna try to figure out when Beat It came out? Because I'm pretty sure it was still 1991. I was gonna say it's definitely a few years old by this point. Like, and when he's making yeah, the, I uh, believe, I believe Bad was an early, an early is that when ninety or ninety? Well, it's anywhere between eighty nine and ninety one. I'm sure Bad is. So it's almost a decade old in two thousand when he's saying it. Yeah, that's probably why he thought he could get away with it. Like, no, I remember that. Like, yeah, no. Fucking sake, man. Fucking Michael Jackson's words are more popular than you. Yeah. Michael Jackson was still getting number one hits as early, like as far, far as 96 even. Michael Jackson's last number one hit was You Rock My World. <laughs> that was when he went and came back and he was like, you bitches forgot about me. Well, you know what? I'll just come back and I'll get a number one and I'll be off again. Fuck you. So yeah, Jericho Long, which was the right decision, then we left ABF Cat talking to Takamichi Noku. Yeah. Who, guess what? Because he's foreign. He doesn't speak English. Yeah, like, you, me, partner. And he's like, partner. You mean, you mean, you mean Funaki? No, not Funaki. Forget about Funaki. Like, me, partner. Yes, Funaki. Like, no, no, you and me. Like, oh, come on. I'll split on the way to grab some. I just love what Funaki grew on. He's like, Arigato. How do you doing? He's starting out with his bottle of juice or something. He's, he's like, got his wee flag. He's, he's like, so like, what? He's like, huh? And then it really did my tits in because you know I always like Taka. Oh, I love Taka too. I love Taka. And then that boring fucking mere dull and wallpaper Bob ad comes out and attacks him before the bell and we don't get to see any Taka. 
Aye, well, he's basic bitch black version of the of the light heavy tail, which is not as good as the red one. I've said them all the time. Damn right, it's I've, no. I've seen these two wrestle for light heavy tail on episodes of SmackDown in the series before, and it was very good. But no, we were robbed of that because mm. we're in Memphis. But also, Taco randomly got a match with Triple H at one point in the year, and he was very good in that. Did he win? No, no, oh. he did not. He tried his best. He had the APA to protect them and everything, but even then, he did not win. Sucks. I know. Did Did Kai and Ty ever win the titles? They did not, unfortunately. Taka won the title. Taka was the first ever light heavyweight champion with the red strap. So, like, it's got to the commentators melding. So I don't know how I didn't notice that he clearly had his gear on under his jacket, but they were all like, this is unfair. Like, Cat can't be in hand. Like, Cat can't take on Dimalenko. That's not fair. But like, you, you get the hat comes off. I do apologise. That was my phone giving me a notification. Mm. But... Jerry, off comes the crown, off comes the jacket, and at that point I marked out. I was like, man, where's the king? And I was like, I fucking knew the king was going to wrestle. And the fans are off to you and they're going, Jerry, because it's in Memphis. They're like, the, king, the king's wrestling. He's like, no wonder you've always got your gear on out here. But no, he came out and he kicked the Malenko's ass for a good bit of that match, man. No. Kicked but, his ass. Malenko, you know, later, even though like, he's, I think he's near the end of his run as a full time wrestler. With injuries and everything, like he's still a fair bit younger than than Jerry, but he's bumping all around the ring for Jerry. Yeah, oh, Jerry, Jerry was doing good, man. Jerry was cool. I, lo- I love it. Like, see, whenever in that period when you saw the King wrestle, mm-hmm. he, he knew fine well. Like, he even knew Jerry still wrestles. Uh, you know, even Jerry, after having a heart attack. Oh, and Jerry, Jerry Lawler is a fucking like that man is a legend, man. Absolute legend. I always loved the King. I loved him when he was a heel because he was a total cunt. Mm. <laughs> and I loved him in ring because despite the fact they never get a lot of chance in the WWF to fucking wrestle, the man is a fucking great wrestler. A fucking legendary wrestler as a king. But such devastating moves as, I'm going to put my fist on you. Oof. No, my like, fist dropped. His suplexes mm. isn't he? and his pile driver, come on, that's yeah. fucking... That's pretty, legendary. I, I didn't catch it fully, but I'm pretty sure Michael Cole made a, a Andy Kaufman reference the way that he yeah. the deal I was throwing dinner. And then Dean had to go and spoil it all. Did you by, say dinner there? No. I thought you said dinner. Well, I didn't. Clean your ears. You <laughs> <laughs> had. Uh, see, just, see, there what you, you go. Just, what you just said there, that's going to be lost on audio listeners. I, I just cleaned my ears, like you said. But then, so Dean. Chooses to then tag out and run away from Jerry to make me their champion. And so Terry comes in and then and she gets all up in the face <laughs> with Jerry and then Kat rolls up uh, in big because tractor beam. Well, <laughs> she rolls up. She, she's refusing to come in the ring. She's standing on the apron being a pussy. So Jerry just grabs her, lifts her into the ring, obviously facing him so she can't see. Yeah. And then the cat comes in and rolls her up. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, Cat and the King win, and then fucking Malenko comes back in, holds Cat in the corner, because, you know, Cat's going to make a big difference, you know. Like, yeah. She, I mean, she she didn't get to pull those shorts out of her ass another time. But then that minging old skanko decides to jump on the King's face and do a Bronco Buster. Mm. King's impressed as hell. He loved it. I personally would have vomited myself, he, but... He's got, I just put here, Terry gives King a Bronco Buster, King is far too happy. Yeah, far too happy. Far too happy. Also, also she cat pulls uh, Terry off it after she hits uh, Malenko in the balls as well. Yeah. She mentioned, well, which I think, you know, she mentioned that uh, 
I believe already they're already married in real life, Cat and, and King. Cat and King are married? Yes, they were together in real life. And then they were divorced at some point in late 2001 and it was apparently very messy. Oh. Did you remember when Jerry Law was suddenly replaced by Paul Heyman? Yeah. Cat had a lot to do with that, but I'm sure we'll talk about that at a later time. <sighs> wow. You know the dubs from, from I mentioned they may mentioned they were a hillbilly group from TNA. They briefly had uh, in the early days of TNA they had like Trevor Murdoch in it. Yeah, I think there was like a third member, a third male member in it who was briefly in the maybe before Trevor Murdoch. They had some like dark matches in the WWE. I'm pretty sure there was a story about that other dub member having an affair with the cat while she was still with Jerry. Wow. Yeah. So she was she was not a nice person around Jerry Lawler. So she was a cow. Yeah, basically, I think she was. She a, seemed it. I mean, I mean, Gerald Lawler, you hear about him in real life, is not much of a scene either, but she did apparently treated him very badly, I think. Yeah. But, but then we have Tiger back to being asked about the segment tag, and he's like, he's out there, he's fucking chewing tobacco and everything. He's like, yeah. Let me ask you something. When's the last time the WF had a true. badass champion. Right. And then he buggered off. And then think again, as still I could have answered him that. Hmm. When Billy Gunn was a tag champion. <laughs> you know, it's in the name and everything. Yeah. Do you ever listen to the Road Dog? Yeah. The, the fucking badass Billy Gunn, the D.O. double crooked letter. Speaking of which, Road Dog and, and next block are up here because D1 is Road Dog's going to take on D1 in a match. Obviously, the Dudley's still injured. I, I never thought there would be a time period in the dub that would make me not like the Road Dog. <laughs> And not like X Pac because I always generally liked X Pac, and the thing, do you know the thing that tripped me out about that when I was watching it, considering I just heard that Sean Walkman himself was just turned fifty. Mm. So at this time, he'd have been like in his late twenties, even like yeah. twenty eight, twenty nine, or something. I'm pretty sure he would have like in two thousand one to do me have turned thirty odd. Well, that was, well, was two thousand though. I know what I'm saying. So he's coming up on thirty odd. Yeah, like, so twenty eight, twenty nine. I think right? he started when he was in his late teens though. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> you see how, I I remember the debut of the one, two, three kids. And and I do love how like I think now when he go, leaves the way, if I mentioned before as a kid and comes back as Eggfall, like that period where he's in WCW, right? And he's six. Right, he's he's gone for like two or three years. But he's, it's almost like the kid hits puberty because he comes back full on beard, his ex and everything. Like, yeah. he's aged five years in the space of three. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. But, like, they, they come out, uh, which is a, a rarity in the last few weeks. They often come out with the fact that usually to the, and as a team to the run DMC. So they come out to Road Dogs music. Yeah. The crowd's still doing the, oh, you didn't know. No. The big dumpster up on the, the, the rampway. And, like, they're all chatting along with it. They're all hyped up with a. We wrote, we wrote like, you got X to the P to C, the Green Goddess Tory, the DL Double G. And, and, and then he says something that I found cringy. He was like, oh, X back, get on the mic and scream for me. And I was like, that's. Right, well, he, he <laughs> says, like, we're the, we push you ass off the stage, so we're the king of the dumpster, and last but we put you through a table, so now we're the king of the table. Yeah. I basically say, like, we're going to leave you in a pile of rubble. Yeah, like, no, X-Pac, get on the mic and scream for me. Although everyone's like, oh, yeah, going in with the road dog and he's stuff because he's spitting his bars and everything while he, because he's still over somehow with a mic ability, right? Yeah. Literally, minute, I, I don't know if you know, the, the minute the mic is past the X-Pac, boo. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Do I hear you talk? Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off, you could. Was that was that the was that the middle of or the beginnings of X Pac? I think this is properly starting now. Yeah, we're all yeah. like, "Fuck you, you irritate me, dick." 
and then he basically says to my Dudley Bullet, there ain't no way you're gonna put my woman's story through a tape. And at one point, it, the camera cuts to Tori, and then uh, JL goes, look at that helpless angel, and Michael goes, like, give me a break. <laughs> I agree with Cole. <laughs> See your fucking cooking, for God's sake, man. So Devon works for his match manager. It wasn't the most spectacular match because, as much as uh, I appreciate Rudolph's makeability, wrestling wise, leaves a bit to be desired. Well, you don't love that pump handle slam? Yes. With the. Uh... <laughs> or his jigging and jiving before he punches <laughs> someone? Also, oh, I remember when I was telling you, whenever someone hits a pump handle slam, like that isn't the road dog and doesn't do like the wee motion that he does, goes, it's a pump handle slam, sand's bombing. Well, he didn't do his little motion in this match, thankfully. Uh, you got, I don't think Devon would have appreciated it too much. You got uh, you got buddy Bubba going around trying to get Tori. The referee being so blind, he doesn't see Xbox come in and had an X Factor yeah. on. You know, it's basically just another weak excuse for the Dudleys to get beat down heading into their match. And then I didn't. I thought, like, what the fuck is this? This is so random. But clearly, it was an excuse for a table spot because they, they they again avoid Tori going through a table because Rodo comes to the aid. And then, because, like, uh, Tony Jimble's having mic issues, he goes, the winner of this, the winner of this, and he has to say it three times, remind them three times that they lost, the winner is the road, you can see him off, off camera, like, turns and like, fucking mic I, I love, I love it at that spot, though, because after that, like, Bubba's obviously on PO, and he's like, what? I, I've got broken ribs! He's like, how many times are you going to announce that? I got broken ribs, goddammit! They just pick him up, they pick him up. up beat him, like, <laughs> let, like 3D him through the fucking devil. They don't even do that, they just have them there and then Demon just grips up, just launches them in the air and Bubba catches them as he's coming down. Well, one arm catches him because uh, he's selling the right, fuck out of immediately sells the, the ribs down him. And then we get a close-up of Mike Kyoto's face out because he's pissing himself laughing <laughs> at Gerald Briscoe. Like, what are you laughing at? You think I like going around just like this? That person, he stole my hardcore belt. I'm going to get it back no matter what. Uh, <laughs> because, he's near, because he's partly Native American, uh, Gerald Lula makes a, a Pocahontas joke about the way that, <laughs> the way that, Gerald, that Briscoe's dressed. I will admit, a lot better was quite funny. <laughs> Yeah, and then immediately cuts I love I loved his wig. And then he immediately dies on Paris and he's lying on the couch and then he just dies on he starts hitting it. You even get the big hardcore title graphic come up that along. Was, that was honestly the most clusterfuck of a brawl I've ever seen. He basically basically were fucking cuddling each other. Just watching that scene like Jesus, the sequel to Mrs. Doubtfire is looking a bit sketchy. Did, did you notice that Patterson did everything he could to hide his face when he was in drag loss? <laughs> <laughs> and then he tried to get away. Had to keep fixing his hair. And then he tried to get like, Briscoe, like, calm down. You told me, uh, just calm down. Just put some, some powder in his face. You told me I was your best friend. Yeah, and then he powder and then he throws a towel bottle at him and he's like, the two of them are fucking rolling about like going for a ditch in the corridor and there's, that's out to McMahon coming up and his, you know, McMahon's look at the time is. ripped off vest and his <laughs> fucking elbow pads and he, at the time when he was looking buff as fuck. <laughs> Not when he came out that last match he had. Oh. But anywho, let's say about that the better. I think I think when he broke his when he fucked his quads, that was more of impactful than that fucking match he had. But anywho, he comes out and he's like, What the hell are you doing? What is this? He's, he went and lied to me, he stole my hardcore title. He's like, I'm so sorry, Mr. McMahon. I'm so sorry, I'm sorry. And he's like, Oh, you like rolling about on the ground like that? Tell you what, what is it? 
we're gonna have uh, he says like you like dressing like this like the embarrassing trade signals he does like no I don't he <laughs> no, what is it he says like, next oh, week I, no it's on Sunday no, like, on gonna, Sunday we're gonna have our first ever hardcore evening gal match and then fucking fucking Briscoe's falling McMahon I'm so sorry Mr. McMahon I'm gets, sorry he gets up good game I say he walks away he goes wear a nice dress Briscoe you too Patterson <laughs> <laughs> So let me tell you the story <laughs> that I heard years ago from an episode of Something to Wrestle with Bruce oh, Pritchard, right? It was on a hardcore title show and they talked about this match for uh, the hardcore title. And they say, like, how the hell did you guys get this idea? And uh, apparently, according to, to, to uh, Pritchard, he was there, he had the writers and everything, Vince was there, they were talking about the pay-per-view and everything. Yeah. And like a week to go before the pay-per-view, right? And also, you can also see in this, on the show episode they're balancing something between late interest. So apparently a couple of writers came the idea of booking a Lita Trish evening gear match on King of the Ring. Yeah. And so there was that idea and everything. And they were already going to do Paris and Briscoe for it and some sort of hardcore thing. So they, they pitched the idea and everything. And then apparently there was a bit of silence and Jerry Vince just goes, what about Paris and Briscoe? Well, we can talk about Paris and Briscoe later, but what do you think of this idea of the evening gear match? Like, no, what if we had Paris and Briscoe and an evening gear match? <laughs> Sir, I don't know about that. Like, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. It'll be, it'll be hilarious. And like basically, the end. It just I mentioned end of the going. Yeah, we're doing that. It'll be funny. <laughs> the Vince didn't probably explain why he thought it'd be funny. No one else seemed to think in the room that it would be funny. Yeah, it'll be funny. Fuck it, let's do it. And apparently, the, the <clears throat> consensus was basically like, okay, who's going to tell Gerald Briscoe that he has to wear a dress? <laughs> Briscoe, you know, former former tag team champion alongside his brother and everything. And then, they go, and then Conrad asked him, "What did Par- Parson think of it?" Oh, Parson was thrilled. He was already picking out his dress when the minute we told them. Yeah, Patterson, the old queen. Yeah. Uh, I think there's some segments between the two, like getting ready for their match on King of the Ring, which I think emphasise their, uh, their, their real-life views, because you got Briscoe and Henry going, oh, I'll have to wear a damn dress. And then uh, separate side on King of the Ring, you got, uh, I think, the cats with, with Patterson, and he's going through, it's like, I can't wear this, this wouldn't look good on me. So basically, Patterson <laughs> made it here, like, oh, great, I'm picking out, he's picking out his outfits. Uh. So there you go. No surprise, Patterson is into it. Briscoe was definitely not. I'm sorry to tell Patterson, but nothing he could have picked could have made him look in the dress. <laughs> nothing at all. He just did not have the figure for it. So then we have The Rock having an interview like, Rock, you know, just a great fit for this match, but you know, we're meant to be from finding out the master plan of Vincent and everything. It's like, you know, who, Rock doesn't give a damn about a master plan. Rock, Rock knows this Sunday, Rock, Rock's alliance with Kane, over. Rock's Alliance with the Undertaker. Over. Over. Uh, it's all, it's, for, it's damn sure as The Rock knows that he and Jerry Lewis know that The Rock has great balls of fire. <laughs> I, I love that when The Rock gave that bit and cut to Jerry Lewis and he was pissed and he's so loud. He's like, ah, but, good. But really, Dwayne, like, if, you, if you have great balls of fire, get that checked out by a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that very thing when he cut the line. Great minds, man. Great <laughs> minds. Oh, or very, I, or I very childish like, minds. Perhaps. I was like, it's a medical issue, that. <laughs> That's something you need to see your physician about. <laughs> so he basically said, like, it's all about, you know, okay, we have a master plan. All it's about is this Sunday, the title comes back to the rock. Yeah. Like, going into this, um, before we talked about the main event, because obviously it was all, we, could, we all knew it was going to be some sort of setup. Yeah, a big, a big clusterfuck of but silliness. But now, obviously, it's been okay, so all three guys have been fighting for the right to be number one contender, but now they've got a chance to all be WF champion. Out of the three, have they done anything to convince you that the rock isn't the favourite out of those three? To win the title. The only, I'll be honest, and you'll probably not like what yeah. I'm about to say, 
I think in the stakes of people who look like they may win it, it goes Rock, and then Undertaker, and unfortunately I'm yeah. thinking then Kane. And I, I don't say that because I have any negativity towards Kane, that's yeah. just the way I see it. Yeah, I think... Then, like, I think the Tiger was brought back with the new gimmick under much fanfare. I know Kane got that match with Triple H a few weeks ago, but yeah. I, I, mean, I think I agree with you. Kane wouldn't have any kind of long title run until he was unmasked. Yeah. And he did have a good long run with the belt. I mean, he was a great fucking heavyweight champion. But, I mean, his only ever run when he had the mask on was one night. I know. I which was really kind of pathetic, you know? Yeah. And, like... And it was a stupid way as well. I mean, like, he had a first blood match with fucking Austin. Like, oh, you can't bust Kane open because he's wearing a mask, you know. And, yeah. You know. Like, the thing with The Rock, like, he's the one who's had all the issues pre-Kane and Undertaker coming back. Yeah. And I think Kane and Undertaker were primarily put in, mainly to freshen up, because rather than just be another straight-up Austin, rather than be another straight-up Rock versus Triple H match. Yeah. And to kind of provide some kind of lives that maybe, oh, maybe it'll be one of these guys, because they're all getting sizable pots. But you see this, even when the, the, the faces are... At their worst, getting beat down on this in this main event, while the crowd chatting, they're all chatting Rocky. <laughs> so that's just the way the crowd sees it. Clearly, so clearly, there to them, there's only one person that can truly walk out of that match as I mean, as yes. the Derek champion, Howard Finkel. <laughs> the six man tag, which is the same six man tag we're going to see on Sunday, but for the title. But then Vince reveals a twist, saying, uh, "Oh, let's let's find before we kick every each and every one of your respective asses." Let's introduce you to your first set of opponents in this now handicap no DQ match. <laughs> this is some sort of shitty gauntlet kind of thing. So out comes uh, Road Dog, Xbox, and Bill Buchanan, who are quickly dispatched. Yeah. <laughs> Alright then, let's see your second group of ones. It comes Edge, Christian, and Kurt Angle. They're also quickly easy to dispose of, but also the other three come back in, which caused a bit of a challenge, but then they managed to fend them off anyway. Yeah. Then, okay, now you're third set in the corner. Yeah, like, Christian, no, no, TNA. TNA in Val Venus, and then all of a sudden it's 9 on 1, then plus the faction, it's 12 on 1. So yeah. basically, once the other nine guys have significantly beat them down, in comes, uh, in comes Vince and all that. I think the whole point of it was at first, before the numbers got too much, they were actually working together, which the faction said they couldn't do. So, like, oh, these guys are actually working together, and also the numbers get too much. Key and they get beaten up on the outside, the rocks trapped in the ring with the regime and everything. And then eventually, oh, and then Vince does the full thing, he goes to the armband, oh, the fans are shouting Rocky, Vince goes down and he goes, oh, we're going to see it, Michael, the most electrifying move in sports at him, the Vince elbow, <laughs> or the billionaire elbows, he also calls it. Mm. And that, because the rocks already been beaten up by like nine other guys, uh, Vince hits the people's elbow and quite quickly beats them. Doesn't that just prove how weak Vince himself is? Like he needs nine other guys to help him get a win against the Rock. Yeah, I think it's just maybe a case of like, oh, we'll fight you tonight. Basically, it's a case of uh, we don't we don't have confidence in this Sunday, so we're just gonna take this opportunity to hire all these other heels to beat you up. Yeah. And there's a point thing I remember from the pay per view and a storyline that they add to the main event at Ken Ring on the show, which which also ties into this because I always remember hearing about it on the show and then like, oh, yeah, so it's nice to see this bit of context on. Uh, on the show because there's a segment on King of the Ring between Linda and Vince. Uh-huh. And Linda says to him, like, are you guys going to be able to do it yourselves or are you going to have to require 12 on 3 again? Uh-huh. So, nice to see what they were actually talking about after all this time. So there you go, that's the main event of, of Smackdown. And main event, I, I hesitate to really call it much of a match or anything. Because there's not really much to say other than like, there, were, there were a lot of guys, they all got beat up. Yeah. So good. Okay. 
you know, I've seen worse main events, but Paul, before we get into the ending of the overall plot SmackDown, I've seen this share down another creature, which might, you know, be relevant here, because also we know WWE's TV14 in this era that we're talking about in 2000. Yeah. And is also TV14, and I don't know about some other companies, but uh, there's a thing that's got shared in the SSR great chat, said uh, it's from Andrew Zern, he's on a podcast called The Matman Podcast, he's broken some stories on the last year, so he seems to be one of these new guys who, who's reliable enough yeah. for uh, breaking stories, but he, according to him, it says, starting July 18th, WWE Raw will be moving to a TV14 rating on the USA Network. God, I hope so. So it's, it seems that Raw is moving back to TV14. Didn't say anything about SmackDown, though. Who who really gives two shits about SmackDown? SmackDown isn't as pathetically bad as Raw. Hmm. SmackDown's got Roman Reigns. When he showed up, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know he's like he's like the kind of champion Brock was. Yeah. Well, he's like, he's like, oh, you're going to give me all the belts and, and everything and all this extra money? Okay, then. Well, I'm, I'm overdue some time off, so I'm going to take my belts and I'm going to bugger off. Yeah. So there you go. And so he did. And so he did. But and he's really... allowed to because, you know, he's he's the tribal chief. Yeah. He's allowed to fuck off. He has a right to show up when he wants to. Acknowledge him and his tardiness. So then, Pop. You were kind of still a thumbs up, even though you had some issues last week's episode. So, in terms of our thumb ratings, what's your overall thoughts and what's your rating? Thumbs up? What's yeah. uh, and why would that I don't, be? I, well, I don't think it's as piss poor as last week's one. Last week's one was nothing but fucking running. So this one we had, you know, two cool getting well, half a two cool getting victory over uh, Christian. Mm-hmm. We had Rikishi winning the IC belt. Mm-hmm. We had some pretty good in ring stuff. You know, it wasn't so calamitous as the previous weeks. Yeah, yeah. Last week also got a thumbs up. So yeah, we insane to that. <laughs> see, see, that's one of the things that annoys me most about this era of SmackDown. Mm. There's so much to fucking hate, mm-hmm. but there's just as much that you'll enjoy. Yeah, but the thing is, it's what, a weird, it's a weird we, we balancing act. You know, it goes a long way explaining why this was looked back so far and why people stuck around. Because even though there are bits like, oh, I don't like that, but then like, oh, but that happened. And I like yeah. that. I mean, look at it this way, right? When I was watching it on my own, uh-huh. really pissed me off a lot mm-hmm. of it. But actually talking about it with with another wrestling fan, yeah. here, aka yourself, mm-hmm. well, I was going to say, is there anyone else here? I can I can be a lot more positive about it because you know, like that era of that era of SmackDown, that era of WWF, you really needed to watch it with your boys. You know yeah. what I mean? You couldn't watch it on your own because watching it on your own, you'd pick every tiny little fucking thing out of it. Oh, but yeah. watching it with your boys, you're sitting there going, ah, oh, and then, ah, ha, 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 he's wearing a dress, ah. <laughs> you know? So, Paul, what one thing would you recommend people go back? I think I have an idea what it's going to be for you, but what would uh, you recommend if you could recommend one thing from this show? One thing from this show? Probably the, the IC title match. I, I really enjoyed that. A good match because, you know, there's two, two great workers in that match. Mm-hmm. You know, really good, really good shit going on in that match. Good effort. Mm-hmm. You know, Benoit playing the psycho heel. Uh huh. You know, and you know it was it was just good. And it was good to see Rikishi winning his singular title. I don't know how long he would hold that title for, but mm-hmm. you know, it was it was all good. And it, like I enjoyed the back and forth in the Hardys match. I enjoyed watching The King, you know, that was cool. Really enjoyed that. I don't, I don't think I enjoyed much else. 
So you'd say the icy damage, I think that's a strong guy. I'd probably say that as well. If not that, then I'd try and maybe go for... Maybe go for the, the Grandmaster Sightsy match because, you know, the, yeah, there's enough good cool. stuff there and also the, the fat and fatter Elvis uh, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to do the Elvis thing. I can't yeah. do it. I just... <laughs> just like you're having a bit of a, bit of a fit, to be honest with you. Didn't Elvis look like that? Especially in his Vegas days. Really, really, he was he had some sort of problem. He was trying to get people's attention to it, but people just kept saying, like, no, really, I can't control myself. Please help me, someone. Yes, he had a problem. He was too fat to reach his burgers. Mm. And among many other things. Uh, in terms of ratings, I'd maybe... <laughs> Uh, also, also, I'd maybe give a thumbs up as well. I was close to a mid lane last week because I had some issues with, with the finishes as well. More so after you pointed that out to me, just how frequently it was happening. But, like you said, I thought it was a lot... Of... One clean finish. One. Well, we got... I'm trying to think how many clean finishes we got here. We got, we got clean finishes. Two, fin technically. Two, technically. Maybe a third, because, like, when you... Maybe... Yeah, no, there's only two. I suppose I'm trying to... if you count that fucking, you know... That boot with cat beating the old skank off. Oh, yeah, that was... Yeah, the, the next tag you can maybe count. But, you know... I would definitely wouldn't recommend that. So yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up as well. And I'd recommend maybe the Grandmaster takes the match. If maybe to an extent, I'd recommend some of the Patterson Briscoe stuff because it just it's funny to see just even in two thousand how bollocks some stuff could be. Yeah. There you go. That's uh, the go home episode for King of the Ring. So now a thing I've been looking forward to for a long time. I get to go back and watch King of the Ring two thousand. Uh, the But I'll also be back. Uh, Sam. I look forward to I look forward to King of the Ring two thousand two because it's one I have yet to see. Ooh, there you go. It's not uh, not one of the King of the Rings you have in your vast tape collection. No, no, I have mine from the good era. Well, I recommend getting two thousand anyway. I I have I have nostalgic memories, but hopefully it won't let me down. Well, well, King of the Rings. I have King of the Ring up till ninety eight, hmm. I believe. I do love, they mentioned the last couple of weeks on TV, by the way, that, uh, oh, King of the Ring is a big thing can launch your career. They mentioned, oh, uh, you know, K Triple H, you know, Steve Austin, all that, and then Randall Smith, they went, oh yeah, Billy Gunn, and then there was just a bit of silence on commentary. Yeah. Also, uh, Gerald joked on Raw, oh, I remember when Bret Hart won, and I crowned him. Yeah. Maybe I can crown this year's winner as well. But anyway, I liked it. I liked it during Jerry's match where it was somebody in the fucking crowd had the true King of the Ring <laughs> sign. I like that. Hey, I because you've been saying you know they named that that tournament after me, and well, you, the of course only, they did. The only time you ever actually can be in King of the Ring, I think, is in '97. Yeah, yeah. It got to the semis, I think. <laughs> Semi. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> hey, Sam will hopefully be here. You know, hopefully he can tidy up this fucking hotel a lot. You know, he's been slacking. Just because you're not, you're not cool, it doesn't mean you can't help tidy up. So. Oh man, get your ass in gear, man! Go on. <laughs> yes, and he will. We, have... we will, we will pay you and kick. This will be, I, I, for one, that will probably be a very, very long show because Sam has his thoughts that he feels the need to express, and Paul and I will probably tie Sam into some sort of rambling. I'm sure I'll find some way to deal with it, like you know, drugs or alcohol or something or cake or cake. But here we go. Drugged up alcoholic kick. Yeah, I'm sure there's some out there. If you know where I look for it. Or you can create it. You could. Yes. You could. If you're a mad scientist. I'm a mad something. Anyway, please, thank you for checking us out. Please check out Rogue Opinions at Rogue Opinions and Scott and Podcast on Twitter at SP Rambling. 
You can also find our feed, uh, which just shows our podcast, Gumball Around Podcast, on all good Android podcasting sites. Same sites you can listen to Rogue Opinions on. Our episodes up until King of the Ring 93, which you should also check out, that aforementioned one with Bret Hart, which is a good one to talk about. Fantastic fucking match between him and Mr. Perfect. One of, one of the best matches ever at a King of the Ring, in my opinion. I, I definitely agree with you. So, up until then, you can find our shows up on, uh, from then onwards, you can find our shows on Rogue Opinions. But beyond that, you need to go to our feed if you're, you feel so inclined and check out all the other fantabulous shows that are here on the Rogue Opinions feed and the many shows that we do on our podcast. There's podcasting galore for your for your listening pleasure yeah and you know me and paul do a number of different series on the cotton paul's round podcast but now you hear us more regularly here as well me and paul we're, we're on our show we're on rugged pains we're slowly taking over you can't escape us we'll be in every podcast over everywhere man eventually you're gonna have to pay us and so on <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.